I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You are now listening to the Cast, the number one old school RuneScape podcast featuring guests from all across Gellinor. To support this podcast, visit the Patreon link in the description. All right, welcome to the Sebe Cast number 79 with Pure Spam. Pure Spam, or Ian, uh, it is definitely a pleasure for me to finally get you on after months of us being in the works to get this all scheduled out. So, very excited to talk to you. How are you today, man? Yeah, I'm doing good. Thank you very much for inviting me on. I'm very excited to be here equally and to uh, have a little conversation with you, chat away, talk about the game that we both grew up playing and we still love to bits. So uh, yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited. Oh, I'm beyond I'm beyond excited. And I also love that you're so passionate about the game um, <laughs> still you. to this day because sometimes I feel, I don't know, I've had guests on where like they're clearly in a rut. They clearly aren't really probably enjoying themselves quite as much. And that kind of happens to everyone. Yeah. But it is different when you're on different wavelengths and you're talking to a guy that's like, way, like just doesn't see the game as you see it. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. And I um, mean, it's, yeah. it's an MORPG, right? So like, it's a very grind intensive game, but uh, there's just so much that RuneScape has to offer. And I think the same as you, we've played since we were kids, right? Growing up and we're very fortunate to be in the positions we're in where we've turned, you know, our passion, our hobby into a, into a career. And um, obviously I go through lulls like anyone does, especially uh, creators when we're playing, you know, upwards of 10 plus hours a day or, or whatever. Yeah. But um, yeah, definitely a uh, motivation right now at least is at a high and I'm really loving the game at the moment. So Very cool. So I guess we'll just kind of go over an overview of you as a content creator because I swear mm-hmm. everyone's heard of Peter Spam. I mean, seriously, I could ask anybody on Twitch, they would know who Peter Spam is. You've been around for ages and... Uh, in a good way, you know, you're not an old man or by any means. But, thank you. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I am, but thank you. <laughs> We're both I'm, getting um, old. I'm pushing, I'm pushing 30 this year, and I've been playing RuneScape since I was, whew, I guess, just about double figures. Wow. Um, started content creating back in 2010, 11, um, predominantly as a, a PvPer making YouTube videos. 
and then started streaming 2012, I think I made my Twitch account back in pre-EOC. Back with the likes of Boaty, Alfie, uh, Emily, um, who else was around back then? Tom, AOHube. Um, yeah, I've been around for a long time, uh, seen the highs and the lows of the game. Obviously, Old School came out, and that's really when I started to take things seriously and started to, to pursue things. Um, really realized that I could make it into a, into a career and such. I went full-time in maybe 2015, 16 as a streamer. I'm not too sure how long it's been now. But uh, yeah, been around quite quite a while now. Yeah, that is so cool. That not that crazy to think 2012 it was is a weird. decade ago? Like it is, it is mad. I recently celebrated my 10 years on Twitch, and um, I looked back at, like, I had some old footage of, like, on my old YouTube channel, um, which I don't really upload to that much anymore, but I had a video of, like, me going live. Hey, guys, you know, I'm, I'm on, I'm on Twitch.television if you'd like to come check it out. We're doing some PKing, and it was just like, wow. Um, I was at university at the time, studying, never thought that I'd be... Well, I hoped I'd still be playing the game, but never thought the game would still be around, or let alone I'd be, you know, doing it as a, as a job, like, like we said before. So, um, yeah, yeah ble blessed, very grateful, and, um, yeah, happy to be here. Wow. Okay, you know what? Just a little side tangent on that whole mm -hmm. you having been around for a decade now. So, is there work... I don't know. This is such a hard question for me to ask because there's no specific, like, wording for it. It's kind of like... What have you seen um, throughout your 10 years of Twitch? Like the culture basically shift. Like, again, it's like oh, not gosh. even, it's kind of like an open ended question. It's like, I don't know, what are the, what is Twitch culture? Because you kind of started toward the very beginning. I know Twitch was early, uh, uh, like a few years earlier than that when it first. When did yeah. Twitch come out? Because it was Justin TV originally, right? It was it was Justin originally. I'm not sure if I joined at Justin Times or not, but um, I remember when I got my partnership button at least, when I got partnership on Twitch, which was probably back in 2013, 14. And back then you had to actually email in and ask for the sub button. So for like a month or two, I had partnership, but I was only getting the ad revenue stuff. And then I was like, wait, I can get a sub button. People can pay to support me and I can <laughs> I can make revenue off this. That was really cool. But um, yeah, ba back then it was like, I guess everyone, even uh, Boti as well, um, we were all just doing it because we loved the game. We enjoyed content creation. We were inspired by other people, which I'll probably talk about later who I was inspired by. But um, yeah, we, we just started off doing it, doing it for fun. And then we kind of just, it very much, I feel like it's the right place, right time kind of thing. We grew as the platform grew. And obviously we've had gifted subs and bits and all that kind of stuff that have really cemented in people's ability to be able to, you know, pursue it as, as a job and such. But um, back then it was it was very much, uh, you'd get your people from, from YouTube was a bigger platform. It still is a bigger platform, but back then Twitch was so tiny and it was more so a case of, hey, I wanna, I wanna stream, I wanna talk to people, interact at the same time and got people to, to come fly in from our clans or from in-game people we knew or whatever. And it was it was a much smaller platform back then. I think the only person that was really pushing like 1K plus viewers back then was Adam. The rest of us were probably on, you know, like 100, 200 or so. Um, and I guess when Old School came out, things already started to snowball a bit. Um, and in general, like Twitch obviously being bought by Amazon was a big commercial buy and kind of popularized the platform as well. Yeah. Um, just in general, gaming, of course, over the last 10, 20, 10, 15 years with YouTube blowing up and that and gaming in general going... Uh, above and beyond you know being more inclusive and and such it's uh it's it's very it's very different it's, it's hard to really say exactly um what it was like back then but it was um a lot more freedom i suppose um tos wasn't really as big of a thing back then um either um it was it was a bit of a, a free-for-all and uh yeah it was, it was a bit like the wilderness it was it was kind of anything goes it was it was very different oh my god 
you know what's weird about the whole thing? Okay, well, first of all, you and Bodie brought up the same kind of point where mm-hmm. you guys truly enjoyed gaming. It was never about the money because it yeah. couldn't be about the money at that time. Exactly. Yeah. And, so, yeah. I, I don't think I really made anything from YouTube back then or, or Twitch. We, I think people had donation buttons and such, and you might get the occasional tip and such, but um, it wasn't until. I guess Adam, I think Adam really, in many ways, like you mentioned, Boti really paved the way for a lot of creators. Back then he was, I've known Adam for a very long time now, he was studying at university and then he announced that he was going to go full time. And I think back then he probably was making a very decent amount from YouTube as well. I wasn't a big, that big of a YouTuber back then. But um, I think him going full time really allowed a lot of other people as well to be like, you know what, we can actually pursue this, um, take the leap and uh, the rest is, is history really. That's so cool. It's really interesting to think as well that our generation or like a generation mm-hmm. ahead of us that have kids, it's no longer this weird thing where yeah. your kids are playing video games and you're scared for them. You're like, oh my God, they are going to find... <laughs> and, and it's not to say that like anybody that likes video games can go pursue it and stuff like, and that's probably not the wisest choice to go down anyway. No. But the fact that you don't have to... Like, I remember my kid, I remember my mom one day particularly like i was sitting at the computer playing runescape i was like nine years old and i don't know she she asked me something kind of like rude kind of like uh you know what you're doing right now is is like is this beneficial i don't know something along the lines of like is this benefiting you in any way like maybe you should go outside or like do some extra homework or something like that but i'm like (laughs) yeah i'm just gonna ignore that and just keep playing my game because i'm addicted to it but uh yeah, it's weird yeah, well, to think that that's kind of changed now in a way. Absolutely. Like, I, th- I think growing up, um, I'm not sure how old you are. I'm, I'm 29. I just turned uh, 27. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we grew up kind of in the age where, like, the internet was was a thing. And I had a PC when I was quite young, fortunately. Um, and the internet and that and played RuneScape and such. But back then, we didn't all have, you know, smartphones and <clears throat> iPads and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and Xbox original um, I played online on Halo 2 and Halo 3 on the 360, that kind of stuff, and that was my like gateway into the into the internet as well as, as with old school with uh, RuneScape back in the day. But I think I did a lot of you know going outside and uh, I played sports growing up and I socialized on my bike. I live in a little village, have done my whole life, so grew up um, knowing all my friends and going out a lot. And it, I think it was very different. But my parents definitely we had like the watershed kind of. 10 p.m. or 9 p.m. my internet would go off come home and yeah. like, set things into the router or when we, yeah. before I had my own PC I'd share with my brother and we'd take like shifts you know an hour at a time yep. um, he'd be killing the, the white knights in the, <laughs> in the fortress in Falador safe spotting and free to play and I'd be going on my little free to play PK into the, into the wilderness and listening to, to old school rock music and all that kind of stuff but um yeah, my, my parents definitely were, were the same. Um, like, you're spending way too much time on the PC. Are you doing your homework? Um, what, do you want, what do you want to do? You know, what, what you're doing? And even when I went to university as well, like, I was still playing the game. I never really stopped. I started playing when I was, like I said, about 10 or 11. And I had breaks, of course, when I played other games, like I mentioned, maybe Call of Duty 4, Halo 2, and 3. Um, but even, even for a university, like, all the way up until I was, well, until now, basically, I, I've always kind of gone back to RuneScape. And I'd say since I was probably about... 14, 15, pretty much exclusively played, and be 16. Um, but yeah, it's def- definitely a different generation. It's interesting you mentioned that. Like a lot of kids nowadays, they'll they'll grow up watching YouTube and having all this stuff, and it and it definitely is something that they'll be like, or it influences on TikTok or Instagram. I don't know. I'm, I'm a bit of a boomer. I don't I don't use those platforms myself. Yeah. But um, it is it is a very different world compared to what we grew up in for sure. 
it's such a different world that I remember um, the only real marketing to kids um, mm-hmm. at the time. And I mean, now it's just every, like every YouTube channel that's based on like stuff for kids. I mean, that that yeah. is now where every sponsorship's going, I bet. But it used to be watching tunes on Saturday morning and stuff like that. And you just have commercial yeah. breaks and also McDonald's. I mean, they used to have Happy Meals, at least in America. They would really push those Happy Meals. They wanted to get those millennial kids, like, in McDonald's so that it familiarizes so that when they're adults, it's, like, their comfort <laughs> place, I, I think. Yeah. And, and it's kind of interesting to think that, uh, yeah, I mean, by the time you're two years old, you have a iPad in your hands. And you're just, yeah. like, basically soaking in advertisements from, from yeah. day one. It's weird. And there's a, there's a lot of pros and cons of this. I don't know much about the argu- I don't know much about the argument about of like um, how much time kids spend online, all the negatives of, of course, you know, looking at social media too much and that, and it definitely is damaging to your mental health. Always being on there, but like I said, I think because we grew up in an era where we had like kind of a bit of a balance, and um, it wasn't quite as prevalent as today. It, w- it was completely different. Um, it is. I, I never expected it. I mean, um, I can't imagine what it was like for the even the generation before us, like. When the internet was first a thing, trying to accustom to the fact that you know everyone's going to have PCs in their homes and we can all connect with each other through the internet, the power of the internet, yeah. um, caused loads of negatives with that. But overall, what a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful thing that's been invented. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean we could talk. For, I could talk for yeah. hours and hours on this kind of topic of just you know what, how beautiful is it really that the internet came out and there was no real self, or there was no government really taking i don't know kind of restricting access and stuff it seriously just came out of the blue and everybody has free access to everything and there's there are just so many there's so much nuance to it there's negatives and positives to everything and some are extreme positives and some are extreme negatives it's interesting. yeah i mean yeah life's all about balance right and uh of course there's going to be you know addictions and, and all that kind of stuff and yeah. And the, the security and the the concerns for, for mental health and all that kind of stuff. But uh but boy are we are we glad that it's it's turned out the way it has been because we wouldn't be here today, of course, if it if it was any different. Absolutely. All right. So I'm seeing a topic here from Nick that can really nicely mm-hmm. extend into the first question, which is she asks, What was your initial motivation to start streaming? And what's your favorite stream moment? Oh gosh, the the favorite stream moment part is a big one because i've been around for like i said so long now so it's a bit of a difficult one to pinpoint um but in terms of what made me start streaming i get i guess again like adam of course um introduced me to i went back then it was owned.tv actually that we started on um Mm. so he was on a different platform to twitch entirely and i'd watch his live streams occasionally and watch his youtube of course and then he transitioned to twitch um and then i had some other pkf friends um a guy called pitiful rs back in the day which i know i'm gonna remember that guy but he was a risk fighter that I got along well with. Um, so I watched him on Twitch and I just thought, I'm making YouTube videos for fun anyway, for my community of like my clan in game and just to, to have some fun and as a hobby. So why not try try streaming it? And um, like I said, it's 10 plus years ago now, so it's hard to, to remember, but I guess just, again, like for fun, right? Just to chat to people. I was watching what Adam was doing and other people were doing. I was like, oh, this looks really enjoyable. Let's give it a shot. And yeah, just fell in love with it really, entertaining in general is a, is a really fun and uh, rewarding um, aspect to, to do, knowing that you're, you know, making other people's days kind of better or making them smile and laugh and such. I couldn't think of any negatives of it and just, yeah, en- enjoyed doing it. In terms of the, you know, most 
the biggest moment for me on Twitch or most memorable moment, it's oh, it's difficult. Um, I'd say like, of course, casting Deadman mode over all the years I've done so had so many fantastic and incredible and memorable experiences with going abroad with Jagex. Um, and those are just, you know, going to remember the rest of my life kind of thing. Being in, in America for the first time, um, casting in, in front of the big stage and such, that was always really fun with my friends. Um, in terms of on Twitch itself, me streaming on my own platform, I guess in recent times was getting my Infernal Cape on my pure Iron Man. Um, I had a bit of a, I guess, a blockade, like mentally with the Inferno. I originally got my Infernal Cape, my main account, years ago. Um, during the playtest, I think I got the furthest out of everyone when we were doing the Inferno. Uh, I got to Zuck on the first day of release before anyone else did as well. Damn. But there's something there's something about the Inferno that's just like, it's it's just a massive. I don't know. It's, you get in your head about it, right? Yeah. And um, I, I feel like I'm quite a confident person, but at the same time, I, I have my self doubts and such. And with the Inferno, I, I like I know I can do it and everything. But once you get really into it, you get far into it. You're like, damn. You know, if I mess up now, especially on stream, we've got all these people yeah. watching you and expecting you to get far. It's like, oh man, I, I just got so anxious and. Um, a few years ago, I actually, when I was doing the Inferno, originally trying to get my cape, um, I had my first ever panic attack in life, which sounds stupid over a video game, right? But I was doing the Inferno and I was shaking and it just got so overwhelming. I was so like, you know, stuck into it. Ended up uh, just just falling apart on stream. Had to end the stream. Laid in bed for like half an hour, just like bawling. Just fear. If anyone else has a panic attack, they know what I'm talking about. And it was just horrendous. So ever since that moment, it's kind of like been... Uh, psychological warfare in my head like man i want to get this in front of my pure iron man but i don't know if i'm going to be able to do it because it's so much harder on a one defense of course but i know i can do it i've got the ability to do it so i got my twisted bow about a month or two ago luckily um which i was like right i've got to go for it now i can't keep avoiding it anymore <laughs> um so i actually ended up getting it within seven attempts in the end which i was very happy with having not done inferno in a long time and just that that moment on stream like with all the the psychological stuff that's on my head for years about the Inferno, having done it, I just burst into tears of all the adrenaline, like on stream. I was like, Aww. I've done it, I got it done. I was so happy over a video game, <laughs> but yeah, that was uh, in recent in recent times. I'm very very proud of that moment, and that was uh, a really overwhelming and and uh, fun thing to to achieve. That's really cool. See, we don't hear that inside scoop of it. Yeah, kind of. that's <laughs> that's that's cool. And you know, it came Thank from you. a little video game, so. Uh... Yeah, very, yeah, very yeah. awesome. Thank you. Um, what about yourself? Yeah. In recent times, any like things that stick out for you? Oh, my, well, for sure. Last year, me getting my Inquisitor's Mace after. Oh yeah, what KC was that? Well, it, it doesn't look great because the clip shows it's like eighty-three KC, and because it was day one for Sony. But... Oh yeah, I remember it was you yeah. and Lake, right? You both got it on the first day of release, was it? So he actually or was got... it one after the other. He got it the last day before the announcement. So it was kind of interesting because we pretty much got ours within a day, but because it was a two-month stretch of them not having released Fasani's yeah. yet, it was like a two-month ordeal. But uh, we technically kind of got it around the same time. But for nine months prior to uh, Fasani's being released, I was just grinding that, but original Nightmare solo mode, and it was... Yeah, screw that, dude. Yeah, like... <laughs> What's that? Oh, man. I, I've, I've been thinking about it now. I've got, like, a lot of the endgame stuff in my mind, man. I've been thinking about doing for Sanis. I've started cracking away and trying to learn it. I've got only, like, 15 KC, mm -hmm. but I can't get a teleport there on my oh, pure Iron Man. So same as you, I'd have to run back and forth the whole time. It's, like, 12-minute kills because of my lack of DPS. <sighs> so overall, got to concentrate for longer. And the mace, I mean, yeah, props to you for sticking with it for so long. It's, what, a 1 in 2k or something from Vasani's? I'm, I'm guessing it was rarer from 
Yeah. Nightmare, it, was it? Uh, it's actually more common from regular solo Nightmare. It was like 1 in 1,200, but I had done like 3,000 some. Oh, still, still hadn't had it. And so then by that point, I switched to Fasani's, and then, yeah, luckily within a day. So, I mean, yeah, I went dry. It wasn't absolutely astronomically dry, but the mace itself at the time was like a 400-hour item. So going any dry just sucks. Yeah. No, that's that's horrendous. Props for sticking with it and... Yeah, I can see why that was was so memorable and such a big achievement for you. Congrats. It, it builds confidence, too. Um, you know, even so, I wouldn't say grinding is necessarily, quote-unquote, skillful, but it still mm -hmm. gives you that confidence to go for those long grind items because yeah. that is yeah. a skill in RuneScape, at least, to not burn out. Yeah, you know, there's an end, finally, and it's it's achievable and such. Yeah. Um, yeah, so sick. It, it definitely gave me that extra boost of confidence going forward. And I imagine it's probably the same for you and the same for pretty much anyone. I mean, it's the same way I felt. When I get when I got my uh, first Infernal Cape, I felt like I could do anything. I was like, you know what? Why? Why not go try some other difficult stuff? Because now that I've proven I can get an Infernal Cape, I mean, the rest of the game feels open to me. That's how I felt. Absolutely. Yeah, it makes me excited for the uh, the raids free release as well. Like, um, our last big challenge was the Inferno, but how many years ago was that now? Four, five? I don't know. It was, it was way back. We've not had anything anywhere near as difficult as that. I guess. I guess for Sannies and Nightmares, kind of still got a, quite a high skill gap. But um, mm -hmm. I, I think the raids free stuff's going to be really interesting with all the invocation system they've got. They're going to oh, add in. I'm so excited. The o the yeah. only thing I'm disappointed in with raids three is that what I've heard. And I don't even have a source to this to link it, but um, basically I've heard that solo wing raids three, yes, is an option, but it's going to be like basically the equivalent of TOB soloing. Yeah, it's an option, but oh, like, you're man. not going to be doing it. Yeah, um, that's unfortunate here. I think one of my favorite pieces of content in game is definitely solo chambers. It's just yeah. the mechanics and doing everything tick perfect is so such a satisfying fun. feeling. Um, done a lot of, like I got my T-boat 500 KC, but which isn't that much really in this kind of scheme of things, but keeping in mind that I'm a pure and I did almost exclusively scaled solos, which took like an hour each. So yeah. it, it, is, it is a lot of fun when you get into that rhythm and you're doing everything tick perfect and you know that if you don't make any mistakes, it's just like, yeah, I've got this down. And, <laughs> yeah, it's man, fun. Damn. No, yeah. I mean, to be fair, there are a lot of invocations. So inevitably mm -hmm. there will be some, I mean, there will be easy ways to solo it. I doubt it'll be like efficient hours wise to go for items yep. that way, but yeah. Um, by the way, that whole Fasani's thing, I remember day one, I mean, it was like my first attempt, I got it down because it was very, very similar to Nightmare. And that's all I had been doing for nine months straight. Yeah. So I just remember day one, people were like, ha, like, how are you so good at this? I'm like, dude, I've been one ticking. So normal solo nightmare for the past <laughs> year, basically. So like this just came so naturally because I hear people and I have a very distorted view of Fasani's as well because of it because I think oh Fasani's is easy people always bring up the comparison like what's what's harder CG or um Fasani's and I'm like oh CG is way harder but then they're like no 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 Fasani's way harder and I'm like my memory is distorted of that place because it was it's just so natural it just felt I just slipped right into it I don't know yeah, I think it comes down to, like, RuneScape is one of those games where, um, of course, there are really high skill ceilings and such, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, if you want to have a good understanding of the tick system, and it's just, it's point and click, and if you do enough of anything, you know, you can become, like, an absolute pro at it and just make it very second nature to yourself. Yeah. Um, so, 
Yeah. How was that journey, by the way, of learning solo raids? Because you've always been a PKer, it felt, it felt like. Yeah, so my, I guess in general, my introduction to Iron Man was back in 2015-16. I'd been exclusively a PKer since the since I started playing Risk. Well, not, not exclusively, but I played <clears throat> as a main back in when I was a kid for a year or two, two years, I think. I think I got to level like 84. I had my Abyssal Whip, my D-Med, my D-Skirt, because it was cheaper than D-Legs back in the time. That's the only reason <laughs> why. Um, my, you know, room plate and all that, Obby Shield, and I'd enjoy merching at Falador West uh, East Bank and my goal on that account my main back in the day I was just like I want to get a Santa hat I want to get my first rare and back then 2005 six whatever it was it was around 10 mil GP whip was like free and I was I was getting close I was I was owning in on it and then suddenly I was hacked um, but like every kid is hacked or every, all of us have been hacked at some point I'm sure in our yep. RuneScape career and um, I logged into my account and my ignore list was just all it said was um, like all in separate words don't call level three noobs. Look at what we can do. Fire making. And so I looked at this guy called Fire making. And there's this dude with like level three skill, like 99 fire making, all these 99s. I was like, oh my God, this guy's a genius. He somehow hacked into the Jagex systems and, you know, he's like a hacker or something. How has he got all these high skills with no combat stats? And I was like really distraught about it. I was like, I can't rebuild now. And I decided to make, to play free to play for a while. I thought, well, I'm not going to, you know, just continue this meme after losing my stuff. It's been compromised and everything. Became a free-to-play PKer from 2006 to 2009, I want to say. Three years of just getting back from school every day, running into Edgeville Wilderness or into, into multi with teams, and having fun with my Maple Shortbow or Rune Scimitar. And then became a member in 2009, 10 again, I think, as a pure when I was a little bit older in my teenage years. Um, started PKing uh, as a little baby pure, made videos, like I said, 2010-11. And then... Having just done that for almost 10 years, I guess, at that point, PKing exclusively, not really knowing any of the, the rest of the game, aside from maybe like doing a bit of Jad and, and all that kind of stuff, I just wanted to explore other things. And at the time as well, I was considering going full-time and streaming was like, you know, what I was trying to pursue. And um, back then especially, like PvP was very prominent and it, and it got all the viewers as well. But um, it kind of felt like I was doing the same thing all the time. So I was starting to not, not burn out the game necessarily, but I just I just wanted to explore other stuff. So I made my pure Iron Man to try and explore other things. And, you know, the name Pure Spam, of course, always playing a pure for so many years. I thought, oh, this could be interesting. And, um, yeah, ended up just kind of falling in love with the game mode. Um, I was so inefficient when I first started playing back then, though. I, I like, chopped 10,000 U-logs and picked 10,000 flax and, you know, spun them into bowstrings, made the U-longbows, out them all after watching, like, Boaty's one-man army, all that kind of stuff. I bet you had um, more fun then back then. Though. It was, it was, it was so good. Yeah, like we didn't have you know farming contracts, all that kind of stuff. I had yeah. so many like obstacles in the way of my my pure Iron Man journey back then, especially. Um, for example, getting like range potions when I could finally get them. Getting dwarf weeds before we had farming contracts as like a low level Iron Man was nearly impossible. I remember how I got them in the end. I was like fifty six combat doing Zora, and there was like a one in some. I don't. It was not that uncommon but there was like a drop to get the uh the dwarf weed seeds i think it was or maybe it was the weeds i'm not too sure but i would like grind out like hoping that i could get some range pots to keep doing zora and all that kind of stuff but um i'm kind of going on a tangent what was the original question again? <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know to be honest but oh yeah it was it was kind of like um oh you getting into solo raids that was it oh solo raids yeah. okay so i guess at that point i played iron man for quite a few years i was end game um and 
It was actually Soup's guide that really taught me the most. It's the guy that I always recommend to people. His four to one guide's sick. And I, I used to watch, of course, as, as you mentioned before, we started the cast, um, Skiddler. I used to watch his streams. Um, I've been friends with Elliot for a long time, love his live streams in the mornings. And he did solo raids for so many years, going for his Twisted Bow, of course, and just loved looking at it, especially the four to zero method. It just reminded me of, you know, PKing, hybriding, like switching constantly. I thought, it's something I want to do. And of course, as well as that, you know, efficient hours played-wise, if I wanted to get a Twisted Bow um, and all the all the items from Chambers, then I'd have to do it, you know, a bit a bit different. If I did team raids, getting like 15k points a raid, um, it wouldn't have been that great for me, especially with other people kind of carrying me, less chance to get the items. So I started to learn on my main, did a couple of raids, brought in like a ton of Staminas, you know, and learning the, the timing of the head, moving back and forth, and um, eventually learned how to solo, started doing scaled solos very shortly afterwards because um, I guess on, on the pure, it was kind of like, much more worthwhile doing doing no preps on the pure is possible and doable and uh the only problem is you know you want to get an overload early right from like yeah. hecton or or mutterdial or something and mutterdial destroys you on a pure if i was to bring like 10 brews into the raid i could sometimes end up using like eight even pref looking like prey melee and mage with the other uh, big one <laughs> as well just trying to chop down the tree kind of thing yeah. um and then tecton is like sometimes for a pure especially with some of your attack or eight attack is like a I don't know, 10, 15 minute room. So it just didn't <laughs> make, yeah. make much, if my hammers didn't hit, it didn't make much sense. And then I can't do the spewler because I'm 45 prayer. So I don't have redemption. Um, mm. So I was really limited. Started doing the, the scaled solo, started like one plus ones. I'd use my main to like kind of um, uh, run through the raid and kind of set up some rooms to make it a bit easier on my supplies so I could save a lot of stuff, obviously on the Iron Man, not wanting to dig into things sometimes. Um, then stretch that out to one plus threes, I think, and one plus four, fours in the end. So I could just because my damage on a pure is obviously less than a main, especially in the scaled solos, the hand wouldn't cripple. So the only bane of my existence at that point was doing agility, which I cannot stand doing rooftops. I just do not find them that fun. So after every stream, I mean to like spend an hour, especially at Relica course, which I'm currently on, it's like ten grace marks an hour. Um <laughs> just to get like six stamina's to do this one plus three raid that lasts an hour or so. It's it was pretty torturous, but um, yeah. yeah, just ended up falling in love with it, and like you, like we said earlier, like the tick system, kind of when you know you're doing everything right. Oh, um, it's a dick. It, comes, it just, it just comes, it just comes so fun. So I, I think for sure, in terms of my Iron Man, even though I've got, I think four out of five now, I'm missing the Elder Mall still. I still really enjoy doing raids, and I'll happily keep grinding out for that that last item that I want. Not that it's that useful anywhere, but just to say that I've completed chambers yeah. as a you know for, for the pure that I want to do. That's incredible. Um we're gonna kind of take a little shift here and i think this yeah, is gonna be a broad topic but uh mason mm -hmm. breeding who was just on the previous sebe cast is asking love mason he's he's he is a cool guy very intelligent very bright and uh last week was definitely a pleasure having him on just really nice guy just awesome yeah um he asks what are your thoughts on the future of pvp and this is a very broad topic that we will be going into for a little bit. Um, but so I also saw a tweet from the old school uh, Twitter account that said the PVP is having a soft launch on Wednesday yep. or I guess tomorrow. And then next week will be the full on release. And so I guess we'll kind of like mix in PVP arena with that. But yeah, what is the future of PVP? Um. Oh, it's it's a difficult one. It's it's very broad, like you mentioned. So I, I'm I'm a very optimistic person. Maybe sometimes a bit naive. I still love PKing. I I do PK every single day. Still, I still do it off stream as well. I try to put in a few hours in the evenings after streaming 
um, Iron Man, even though I've, you know, kind of gone full-time Iron Man streamer the last few years, I do I do still love PvP to bits. It's my favorite thing to do, especially Dead Man mode when that comes around. Um, the future of PvP, it's... <laughs> like, recently, for example, you mentioned that PvP Arena is coming out. Um, soft launches tomorrow, like a beta, where you can't get rewards from it, but we can test it out for a week. Then the real one comes out next week, but... With the arena, for example, the poll system is the biggest kind of obstacle, I'd say, with getting changes, updates into the game. Um, it's it's a real difficult one. We think we have, like, free rewards coming out, all of which aren't really that enticing. I guess the ring imbues is the best thing for a lot of PKs that want to risk their rings and don't want to sit in AFK Nightmare Zone for an hour or whatever, whatever it is to get the, uh, the imbue back. But, um... I, it's so hard. Like, you, we had a recent update last year I think it was now or early this year which was the PJ timer coming out which has just kind of split a lot of the community up as well a lot of people have kind of quit in the teams because they can't you know do their fall-ins and they can't PK with friends like they used to um Wilderness is kind of in a stale state because for so many years now we haven't had updates for PKing and any updates we've had have been very minor quality of life albeit some of them have been really nice for example the key update we had like demo mode keys to PvP yeah. worlds and Wilderness that's a really cool thing that happened that we waited for years uh, to see but in terms of the future, oh, it's. I, I saw recently RuneScape Free made their wilderness safe um, and like opt in, which is something I never thought I'd see. And I really hope the day doesn't come in RuneScape where we get that because for, for me, even though I'm an Iron Man and such, like old school is. It's, it's just so nostalgic, so iconic of the game. There's not any many other MMOs out there where you've got this kind of risk it all, win it all mentality, um, especially now that death mechanics have changed in the game. But as as the game goes on, you know, I think the PKs, especially a lot of PKs, are very casual players, and um, could due to lack of updates, like any game needs updates, right? Like yep. that's why the game's grown and gone gone further, and PvP's just constantly been kind of put to the bottom of the list, of course, despite how important it is for both advertisement in terms of like you know YouTube videos, streams, you know, for many years it was the top top, and even still today, despite Iron Man kind of and just main game progress being so predominant from the player base, those PK and streams and videos still do absolute bits, especially demo mode, always gets such insane viewership. It's a great marketing tool. Yeah. So, long story short, I, I, I'm i hopeful that we can still get some good good stuff um, coming. Um, I mean, we have the Wilderness Boss rework coming soon, which is all going to be multi, which will replace the old multi-revs hotspots. Hopefully some of the clans come back and we can have that kind of sense of being able to PK with friends again and have some fun doing that. Um, but we, we need meta shifts, right? Like, people get so accustomed. People in PvP are so damn good now. Um, for years, I felt like, as a PK and a high-risk PK for so many years, I felt like I was at the top top, and there were, like, maybe a bunch of people that could obviously compete with me and such, but for the most part, I was in that point-something percentile of the of the game. And now, the most of the PKs are kind of in that in that bracket, and there's a lot of people that are just nuts. And so it's so difficult to get into PKing. I hope the PvP arena helps, but equally it's like the, the ELO system is going to be nice so that PKers can kind of um, fight people with their own skill gap. But when there's no rewards, it's going to be difficult to kind of get people into it. The MMOs in general, my, my thought process of it is you want progression, right? You want to put your time in and you want to get something out of it. And for PvP or PKing, it's always like you're making money. You're risking money to make money. You can't really get levels up apart from like a bit of combat stats and such. Whereas, and you can't get like you know, unique drops or collection log things. It's just simply a high risk, high reward. And unless the wilderness gets this high high reward again, because it's so imbalanced now, we have so many safe options in the game. Uh, Vorkaf, Zora, Nex, Chambers, Tob, like there's there's such little 
kind of risk involved. Why would the average player want to go out of their way to go to somewhere where they can die and lose their money and not make progress in the game? Yeah. Um, and it's the same for like, even PK is getting into it now. If, if everyone's so good, why would you want to go and die like a hundred times um, to barely get a kill or have people at the rev caves that you're trying to kill? And you've got this like, you know, you've got salad robes set up and they just got a bulwark and they just pray mage and they've got 10 brews on them and 99.9% .9 of the time they get away. Um, the future of PvP, it, it's difficult. I, I think the biggest important thing we need is, like I said before, the, the high reward to entice people in. The ecosystem of the wilderness has always worked in terms of um, people want to go there for the high risk, high reward aspect. And without that, it's it's going to die, the wilderness specific. As for PvP and player versus player, like PKing and such, even then there needs to be some kind of like extra pro progression idea. We have We used to have Bounty Hunter for years and it got removed, of course, because of the... Bounty Hunter 2 system was just abused and kind of yep. gold farmed into the ground, which was very unfortunate. I wish we had the reversion back to BH1 at least, rather than the removal altogether, because we just had thousands, if not tens of thousands of players and accounts that were just rendered useless then. At least with Bounty Hunter 1, like if you were kind of dying a lot and losing to people, you'd get that one kill, you'd maybe generate an emblem, which would give you like 150k or something, or you had that kind of progression of wanting to risk the tier 1 to the tier 10, and um, that was really fun. I, I don't see many more people getting into PK. I think LMS helped a great deal. It was huge. Um, I think the Wilderness boss rework is going to be a really good one because it's multi and people can PK with friends and all that kind of stuff as long as the reward is there. I think the biggest obstacle to PvP right now is, is still the poll system. Like this, I, I, I don't like the poll system in general. Mm -hmm. um, maybe I'm biased because I'm a PK and also I'm a pure and everyone hates pures too. So a lot of the stuff that I personally want in the game sometimes doesn't, doesn't pass. But the 75% threshold definitely makes it really difficult for... A lot of good positive change to come and that's not necessarily a problem of, uh, uh, for the players of course like that's the whole point of the point poll system is to vote for your own personal beliefs and what you think is going to be better um and, and why would you know the average player that doesn't want to pk want to vote in items that make it easier for them to die um or see pvp updates which encourages more people to go to the wilderness it's uh it's it's such a difficult one. Um, obviously, we had the DMM thing recently as well. I think seasonal is always going to be a thing in RuneScape because, again, like viewership and resubscriptions, people bonding up accounts to play DMM for fun, even if you're not like a PK, having that kind of high-risk scenario and watching YouTube videos, wanting to get stuck in and have that whole fresh server kind of feel and new sense of progression is always really enticing. But the final being DDoSed again recently, and that being a bit of a... I understand why now they didn't want to stream the, the yeah. finals themselves because of the issues. I think that might be the nail in the coffin for demo mode final tournaments. Um, I hope they go back to a invitational kind of style. Like Many years ago, we, I think it's 2017 now, we had the All-Stars event, which was like 20 creators that all came, got flown out to Jagex and it got held at ESL, which is like a, a big studio for, for doing competitive gaming events such as CSGO and such. And they, that, that was a really fun event to take part in, as well as I think a lot of people enjoyed watching that. And maybe with the ELO system we've got coming with the PvP arena, potentially there'll be like some room for that to have invitational stuff. Um, but in terms of like, uh, you know, anyone can join, 2,000 players get mashed into this big mix or whatever. I just, uh, it's, it's hard to see it happening again on the scale that it's happened before, unfortunately, due to bad eggs in the community. People want to DDoS it and see the world burn and such. Yeah, it's just, it's kind of unavoidable. I don't i mean i do understand the yeah. world unfortunately now and how people can be mainly because of the internet but like jesus christ <laughs> like can we just have a nice event without some dumbass like yeah uh, it's, it's I, I i don't i don't get it it's like it's, it's unfortunate because especially 
those events kind of it's beneficial to the people I think that are watching it as well, or the, or the PKs that want to do it. But I guess the clanning system in in RuneScape, there's just so much competitiveness that then gets taken outside of of the game itself with DDoSing, with you know attacks and personal shit outside of the game. I don't know. It's 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 a lot of weirdos, man. It's a lot of weirdos yes. on this game. Yes. Um, and and equally, maybe it's not like clans DDoSing. Maybe it's just like like I said, a couple of bad eggs that are just mm-hmm. some kids in basements or whatever. That well, not kids, but people with kids mentalities that just think they can do this shit and get away with it and such which I'm, I'm sure some of them probably have done but it's uh it's real it's real shitty i think i think the worst part for jagex as well is all the people that complain on twitter and such or just don't understand or reddit they're like wow jagex said they'd put all these tools into you know stopping ddos attacks entirely and it was all for nothing we had to wait so long and albeit we'd have to wait way too long for the rerun but at the end of the day, that, that's why a lot of other games, such as, you know, CS, League, why they have these in-person competitions and they don't have, like, massive things online because no matter what you do, you know, there's always that risk that things can get DDoS, especially in a public world that you can see from a world list. People can find that IP relatively easily. Yep. Um, it's it's always going to be an issue. And as the years go by and technology increases and access to all this kind of stuff and booters and all that kind of stuff keeps going, I don't think that's going to change. But I really do hope they do do more invitationals or maybe have like some kind of private world with just like the top ELO players from the PvP arena, for example, put on some spectacles, make some content for people to watch, or do some invitationals from just you know players that they know or creator invitationals, that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't know the future of demo mode. I really hope we see seasons back again because, like I said, they're really enjoyable. But in terms of PvP, will it ever be as great again as it used to be? I think the answer is simply no. But there's so much more to the game, right? Like. Like, I've fell in love with Iron Man mode and all this other stuff, like skilling, PVMing, um, account progression as well. And um, I just, I really, I really do hope, obviously, that we get more updates and we have these things come in. And I'm optimistic about some things like the boss rework. But ultimately, I think the biggest thing that's going to stop it all is just the poll system. It's just yeah. so difficult. And the player mentality's just shifted, really. Like, we're not all kids that don't know about the game anymore. Um, and most people want to progress and kind of play the game for different reasons, and that's that's totally fine. But for those that do want that high-risk kind of gameplay, um, I really hope that things do keep happening. I, I will say credit to Jagex, even though we've had years and years of it being neglected and kind of at the bottom of the barrel um, updates, this past six months or so, we've actually for the first time had a development team, um, which is a couple of developers, I think, or a QA tester and a couple of devs, who are exclusively working on PvP. Those are the guys that have kind of done the PvP arena, that are doing the boss rework, um, that have got some other stuff hopefully down the line, maybe the Wilderness expansion years to come, which was a cool thing to come out of the um, the game jam that the JMods did. So I'm still excited for some future updates, but to be completely realistic, I, I don't think RuneScape PvP is ever going to be as huge as it used to be, but I don't think it's going anywhere either. Hopefully, I don't think it's going to become like RS3, at least I, I hope, maybe in 10 years, 5-10 years, I, I might be completely wrong, but in the next few years, I don't think it's going to be completely, completely vanishing, that's for sure. Um, so I have a couple things um, just to bring up that you kind of mentioned. First is yeah. the polling system, and second is the wilderness bosses. So, so you said the wilderness bosses will all be in multi, is that correct? Yeah, my understanding is that they're all going to be in multi, which kind of surprised me, because yeah. I thought they might have a few in solo as well, but on the plus side, and sorry, I went on such a big tangent talking about wilderness PvP stuff. There is just so much to talk about. Yeah, no, I'm and I probably repeating myself a little bit. There's just yeah, I'm here just go for on. it. I'm here for it. Uh, I can just go on forever talking about it. But yeah, the, the wilderness 
Go on, sorry. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, what what is uh, considered a wilderness boss? Is it just the main three? Uh, Vedion, Venonatus, um, and Callisto? Or is it including Chaos Alley and those demi-bosses? I, I really hope Chaos Alley stays as it was, personally, because it's such an iconic kind of nostalgic boss. Yeah. My understanding is that it'll probably be Scorpia, Vetian, Callisto, and Venonatus, okay. I think, would be the ones that are changed. Um and they are—they they were originally designed to be multi-bosses. Mm -hmm. It's just due to janky design and kind of bad mechanics that people have kind of, and the fact that they are broken as heck. You know, Venonatus can literally hit you 100 damage through <laughs> prayer. But, so, but that really was—that really was the beauty of uh, original wilderness bosses. Because, yeah, I mean, may, I, I can't fully know the timelines. I, I could look it up, but I think they came around Iron Man mode, maybe a little before, maybe a little after. I think it was before. But to think that. Yeah, a RuneScape, old school RuneScape at one point did not have Iron Man mode. In fact, like, it made perfect sense to just have some really obnoxious, crazy bosses that can just smack you up. Because there was no, like, oh my god, like, somebody ran in the kill, now I'm, gonna, now I'm not going to get the drop, you know? The whole game was revolved around, hey, yeah. like, get your get your buddies out here, let's go, like, let's let's kill this thing and then everyone started like developing how do i get this yeah. uh monster outside of its zone and then we can like lure it to singles and stuff it's kind of interesting but yeah well like in, in terms compared to every other monster in the game and every other boss that's come out i think it's kind of like it's just the outlier right like everything else has a way you can do things whether yeah. it's uh chambers for sannies or vorkaf or whatever it is there's like mechanics if you get them right you don't get dealt a load of damage but with those bosses you're just getting absolutely destroyed and to the point where especially in the wilderness when you need your supplies yeah like it just doesn't make sense to kind of like try and get one kill and you're down 15 brews and then a pk comes and kicks you in the face and and you're dead for all your loot that you've just almost gone whatever so um but yeah they're, they're all gonna be multi so I, I it's get, gonna replace the revenants hopefully i get nervous of them all being multi and that's my own thing mainly because um it okay let me also just say, this is coming from an Iron Man's perspective, so mm -hmm. I'll just preface all that, because I exclusively play Iron Man mode, and so yes, my views are a little skewed occasionally, and I try to take a step back occasionally and see the broader picture, but there are a lot of Iron Men that play this game now, and um, what I've seen personally, and I had this discussion with... Uh, Shit, I can't remember who I had this discussion with, but it, it was basically like the Wilderness Slayer Cave, you know, they came out with? Um, yeah. It's all multi. And so, like, if you're in a room, you see a white dot, you hit your gnome seed pod. You, you, you don't question it. Even if it's a level three scouter bot, that's, I first of all, that's a thing on its own. I don't know how those things are legal. Just hop in every 24-7 nonstop. But, um, yeah, I get nervous because now I'm looking at, okay, I don't know what the rewards will be. I don't know if we're going to come out with new transmogs or new pets or whatever is coming out, new rewards. Um, I don't think... I. What I think, and I could be wrong on this, you might have something to add, but I'm pretty sure they're trying to stay away from adding uniques into the wilderness. They're trying to keep it like more GP focused, like crazy GP, but not necessarily like n essentials for quote unquote Iron Man or, you know, anybody else that's kind of just wanting to get their item for raids, their dragon pick. But, yeah. um,. It gets me nervous because, okay, now I'm imagining I go out in the wilderness, I start killing this boss, I see three dots log in, just instantly. Now, yes, there probably is a good reason, and it's bringing back multi. I do think multi's cool. I, I do think it's cool. And it really just depends on the rewards from this from these bosses. But, like, damn, I just don't find that good gameplay. Um, 
it's in fact okay. it's just it, it kind of just removes the pvp it's just can you hit your teleport in time to just uh, avoid all pvp basically it's yeah i don't know i'll i'll, ex I'll expand a little bit more okay. with what i know so far so first of all quickly about the wilderness slayers that's something i've got to mention um the wilderness slayer buff i did wilderness slayer on my iron man pure pretty much exclusively to 93 um and i did a lot of that pre wilderness slayer update i did a lot of it even without the blaren's keys update as well the wilderness slayer cave it should have been multi plus in my opinion where you can hit things in multi but you can only be attacked by one person the fact that it's multi everywhere, you're right, it's just way too high risk for the reward that you get. It's also not an off reward. I know that Poison Potion made some videos recently which were very good about like how much he could make. Um, but from my personal opinion and like from doing it, it's really nice to have the cannon in there, for example, when you're doing burst tasks, which is awesome for stuff like Dust yeah, Devils yeah. and uh, Abyssal Demons. But still, the GP per hour should be way higher for the risk associated. Like, Laren's Keys are only a little bit marginally better than Brim uh, Brimstone ones. Um, like 30% more or something. I don't know what the exact number is, but I was hoping that it'd be better than that. And yeah, I get what you mean about having to teleport away straight away. My understanding for the Wilderness Boss rework, and this is at least how I hope they do it, when it comes to Iron Man specific, and this is the problem they, they made with the Revenant boss that came out. So the Revenant boss that came out, if you hit it as an Iron Man and anyone else hits it, you don't get the loot. I think the Wilderness Boss rework is going to be like a boss in raids, for example, where you get like points and you get a chance of loot kind of thing. So you can do it with other people, and you don't have to solo it as an Ooh. Iron Man. Yeah, and of course the game is like, you know, it's an MMO, like you want to play with other people and such. And I know that you did a Ooh. ton of revs, right? Yeah. Pre, yeah. pre um, singles as well, like a crazy amount. So yeah. you know what it's like, how much fun it can be to like anti-PK with friends yeah. um, and such. I, I made a thread a couple months ago. Sorry, I can't pronounce my THs. I made a thread <laughs> <laughs> um, about the Wilderness Foster rework and how I'd like to see it personally done. And this was with the understanding that it would be kind of single um which is why i thought they thought they were doing because they were doing the pj timer of course and i thought they was gonna like kind of sling into that so that players had like a bit of a fairer chance to get away and all that kind of stuff yeah. but the mechanics that i hope they adopt from my suggestions as well was that you kind of want to be in an anti-pk setup and for example like ice spells might have like a hundred percent damage and accuracy increase on the boss um you want to like kind of simulate tribriding um so you know like the nilo boss yeah in TAB, a bit like that, um, which kind of teaches okay. players how to how to switch, and you're kind of in that mentality that you're constantly changing gear between range and mage or whatever it may be. And then if someone does come and try and hit you, you are geared up to hit back. Maybe Dragon Ball E's have like a huge like proc chance or something increased. So you, or like from a rune crossbow, for example, it's yeah. so like you are in like kind of basic setup. Maybe you're risking with Zerish and robes or something or Mystic robes, a couple hundred k at most. Mm -hmm. But you're making like you know upwards of five mil plus an hour. Sure, you might get hit a bit and you might have to tack back. But at least if you're with friends and you're able to fight back um, and in a, in a gear setup that isn't like, you know, going to mean that you're just completely useless after just putting your bulwark and tank, I'm hoping that might kind of make it feel a bit fairer for people that are trying to kill the boss, as well as make it a bit more fun. Like, you don't just have yeah. to try and hit your seed pod. You can actually, you know, go with a group of friends that, that your mates, maybe your clan, okay. maybe a small group of like five to ten, or maybe, you know, if you want to go with like 30 people, you can do, but obviously then your GP per hour is going to be a bit slower. Yeah. Um, then you are pretty much invincible unless a massive clan logs in. So I, I think that balance thing is going to be really interesting if they do do it that way, which I think is what they're going to do. That is brilliant. I'm not going to lie. I have a big smile on my face. I see. I love hearing brilliant ideas like that. I think that's actually brilliant to have a point system out there. So. 
it's now no longer if one person logs in here or not even one person logs in here if somebody previously had logged in and you log in as an iron man and has that little red cross out symbol that says oh you're not going to get loot yep that point system is absolutely brilliant because it's just time based out in the wilderness you know just hitting the boss here and there and you get your little point stack or whatever i hope what i would really hope uh this is you know i i'm not exactly sure how you'd redeem those rewards i'm not sure if you would lose the points if you didn't make it out in time because i personally think this is absolutely coming out of i haven't weighed the pros and cons when i when i say when i say points i mean like uh like a chance to get loot sorry not like uh points that you can then redeem outside the wilderness okay i mean more so like doing damage gives you like a chance at reward everyone gets a reward split up a bit like next right yeah yeah like okay, next okay. if you've got if you've got a small if you've got a small team you're getting like you know much better rewards per person compared to a bigger team it's kind of split up a bit more but there is the option that still if you're an iron man you can you know get a loot and albeit, like, I'm sure there'll be a meta of a certain amount of people makes it way more, you know, good to do compared to having, like, 20-man next teams. Having, like, only a couple people is is way better chance to get items, but... Okay, I misunderstood. Like I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm glad you clarified that. I just want to bring up... Uh, I do think, however, it would be kind of cool, and I, I'm already very appreciative of the fact that you can, you know, go in kind of like a original Nightmare where you can just mass with anybody mm -hmm. as an Iron Man. But I also think, you know, what would be really cool is if... Just the damage you deal uh, would build up some points, and then there could be like some sort of Laren's chest, like an actual hotspot where you redeem those points. And it could just. Yeah, that's it, a cool idea. It doesn't need to be like, oh, you spend this many points. It could just be chances, you know, like how many times you get to loot it. But yeah, I, I like stuff like that as well. Yeah, and um, sounds cool. I think uh, the big thing about the PJ timer, especially, which is like a very controversial issue, I think making players feel like they are have a fairer chance or like gearing up in you know tribal gear to fight a tribal boss which then you can defend yourself from other pks for i feel like that's the big thing with people not liking the wilderness you feel like you're just like always kind of at the lower end of the the hunting you know you're you're a fish in a big sea full of sharks that are just gonna you've got no chance of escape kind of thing so hopefully by doing it this way around people will feel like it's fair they can get into pking easier they might end up loving it and falling in love with the whole high risk high reward system the most important thing from the wilderness boss is going to be high gp per hour um i think they are they've said in q a's they plan to move the d pickaxe to other areas mm -hmm. which i have no problem with and most pkers do not care about yep. um at the same time we think the wilderness it, yeah, yeah the, the wilderness is like an important part of the game it, i think it should always remain as the high risk high reward and, it, and because it's part of the game there should be incentives to go and as for uniques like i think there could be uniques in the wilderness, and the wilderness bosses could have uniques, but I don't think they should be best in slot skilling, you know, items um, that you can only get from going items. there. Yeah, so so I really hope they just kind of surprise us, and they're like, oh, by the way, actually, we're adding a new unique, and it's a PvP item, which obviously you'll have collection log players that are like, oh, now I'm forced to PK, but equally, if you're going for collection log, if you're going for everything in the game, you can't complain that things in the game you don't like, because, you know, that's the whole point of it, is to yep. try and try everything in the game, right? So... Um, hopefully, there will be items that do pertain just to PvP. A bit like the VLS, right, which can only be used in PvP. Yeah. Um, or things that aren't necessarily that great outside of PvP, and we can use them in, in other areas of the game, but they're just not that great. Um, that'd be really cool to see. So I really hope they just wow us and kind of surprise us with that. Equally, there's the poll system, so <laughs> whether or not that part, anything they suggest passes, I'll have to wait and see. But um, I I'm really optimistic about the, about the, uh, the Wilderness Boss rework. I just really hope they do make it really rewarding because that's the main reason i feel like so much wilderness content isn't kind of good and that useful compared to the rest of the game because the risk of going to the wilderness always greatly outweighs the reward yeah. um 
and the risk the risk should always be there of course there should be a lot of risk but the reward is the part that they can really change easier easier and um of course there's like the whole gold farming part and people like botting and all that kind of stuff but i mean if it's a boss that you've got to actually not just hit like revs right yep. it's not like a bunch of gold farmers and um bots are going to be there and even if they are i personally would much rather having bots and gold farmers in the wilderness where they can be killed <laughs> yeah. and they can be and they can be like you know a part of content for players that are getting into pvp as opposed to being in safe zones competing with other people's resources and all that kind of stuff i'd, I'd much rather than be in the wild that's a good point yeah interesting but, yeah but i i do think that um as long as and i've kind of seen this now first of all i think that whole idea is great and i i really do actually hope it passes that sounds like a lot of fun yeah i, I always kind of thought how cool it would be just to have yeah like a a nightmare basically but in pvp so you kind of can like bolt your friends here and there but it's like yeah yeah you could <laughs> wait yeah. well you're you're getting the most kill percent it'll be like cork you know when you can see like how much damage you've dealt <laughs> yeah. like what you're beating me for mvp no no you're not see that's course, what like, they that's what they needed they need to have a little bar above every player's yeah. head to show the percentage of like how much they've done yeah that's interesting yeah that, that'd be cool but, but like stuff like that would be just yeah. it's just fun right it's just yeah, meant to be that's fun. fun um and even iron man can go and obviously there's the, the whole part about oh i'm gonna lose that items it's a bit more annoying for iron man to get back their stuff but like we have you know the blighted restores from lms that mm -hmm. you can use the blighted food that you can use in the wilderness so realistically you're not using your hard food and, and potions yeah. as much hopefully they add more blighted supplies and i think the bosses themselves they've said like on twitter on q a's that they want them to be like have mechanics and that if you get them right you're not really going to be using supplies so your supplies are for pkers you're going to be well equipped and hopefully in pk gear at the same time that you do have a bit more of a fighting chance to kind of guard yourself or maybe even you know if you're not an iron man i suppose as well make some more money from killing people with your friends yeah so I, i'm really excited for that um yeah, that's so there are there are there are things from pvp like although i said earlier it's like kind of scary sometimes look at the game state and how things don't pass there are some things in the work hopefully BH as well is returning at the end of the year, or they're talking about looking to bring it back, which I think is single, singly like one of the best updates that could happen to get more people into PKing. The target system's really fair, and there's like an extra reward for kind of killing players. But mm -hmm. yeah, there's, there's some cool stuff coming. I, I really look forward to the boss rework and the PvP arena, a little bit lackluster because of the fact that, of course, we don't have the um, as many rewards as we'd hope to see. Even the cosmetics have been cool to go for my Iron Man. A lot of them were like some of my best in slot items, um, like the claws and the the elder robe kits and stuff. But sad they all all failed. But um, still, still hyped for for some things coming for sure. Yeah, let's actually talk about it. Let's talk about PvP arena um, a little bit more. So okay. what? So if you would explain to those that are, I mean, I'll be completely honest. I know enough about PvP Arena, but I don't really know the specifics of it. So if you would like to just kind of explain your thoughts on the specifics and kind of like share what you're excited about specifically. Yeah, so originally when the PvP Arena was kind of proposed and stuff, um, again, one of my suggestions that I had many years ago was a bit like in what I don't know if you played World of Warcraft before. No. But in WoW, in WoW they have this system of like Dungeon Finder and like PvP Finder, I think it is. And basically, I, I don't play WoW, but... Basically, you, you join a queue to get into a fight, and when the battleground or the fight is ready, you can then, like, enter. And you can do this from, like, anywhere you are, I think, and get teleported to the area. And I think that's what they're going to try and do with PP Arena. I could be wrong. I haven't mm -hmm. read, like, the most recent blog about it, but I'm hoping that's what they do. So it's more like a distraction diversion. Unless like, you're doing your Slayer task, or you're doing some, some potion making in the bank, or whatever, or killing some bosses. 
and then every like 30 minutes to an hour, whatever it is, your queue's ready. You can go into a fight, you get teleported, get told to like, you know, go into a safe zone, hop worlds. You go to this world, you're given stats, you're given gear. A bit like LMS. And then you fight one versus one. Winner gets some ELO and gets some points to buy the rewards. And then straight after that fight, which takes, I don't know, maybe five minutes, you get teleported straight back. It's optional as well, of course. So like, hopefully that's like a really nice way for people to get into PKing without it interrupting kind of their normal gameplay or having to worry about teleporting to LMS and jumping into an LMS game and having to wait for the games to start, that kind of stuff. Hopefully it just becomes a part of the game, like a, a bit like the, the game um, mini game thing we've got on the side and the grouping system. I think it'll be kind of in there. The other thing to happen from the PP arena that I'm really looking forward to is the ability to set up your own tournaments. So I think JX and the old school team want to kind of have a bit of a grassroots approach to encourage and, and kind of give creators and communities the power to run their own tournaments a bit better, because right now the only system we have is either a free-for-all fest in the wilderness where people can get, you know, um, kind of crashed and ragged and all that kind of stuff, or the duel arena, which again, the same thing can happen, and in general the duel arena isn't the best spectacle to watch, right? Yeah. People can kind of get to the corners, you can't watch it all the time, and it's just annoying to set up. So the PP arena is going to have a method of setting up up to a 64-person uh, tournament, um, which is just like the demo mode finals. So after each fight, I think you then can like, use a bank or whatever or get your your items given back to you and you go into a different round and it kind of just, it's all self-automated so it'll be really good and there'll be like a spectator approach so I think we're going to see a bunch of um, content creators such as like the PvPers and maybe even non-PvPers as well or even just communities in general having these fun tournaments using this uh, new piece of, of content to be able to actually run them and, and have some fun with them so I'm looking forward to that in particular out of the PvP arena like I said some of the rewards or well, most of the rewards failed so I don't see the PvP arena the ELO system being that kind of useful for most people or people wanting to do it over PKing or wanting to do it over LMS, but it's going to be there and the ELO system maybe in itself, like that whole pride, that whole progression kind of sense of feeling that you're getting better and going up in the ranks, high scores, etc might encourage a bunch of people to compete and maybe then Jagex can use that to do invitationals on a smaller scale, not like 2000 demo mode tournament thing, yeah. but just have like a like a top 50 or whatever, or top 64 of this season kind of thing, like every three months. Top, that's, that's how I do it personally. Top 64 on the ELO will then get invited onto a private world, which no one else can access kind of thing. No one knows where they are, so the servers can't be hit off as easily. That could be streamed or whatever and, and be a little competition in itself. Maybe reset every three months of like seasons. That's what, how a lot of other games do it as well. So, um... I think it's cool, cool it's coming and from what I've seen on like Twitter and Q&As I think Modash has been doing a lot of work on it as well and a lot of, the, a lot of it does look really cool and of course Godash being at the helm of it um, yeah. gives a lot of people yeah some some good uh, good confidence that it's going to do going to be pretty good um, it is a shame about the rewards like I said because like I said you need, you need rewards and kind of progression in an MMO especially in PvP but hopefully a lot of people still find it fun and, and the uh, yeah the tournament style is going to be really beneficial for a lot of players that's very exciting yeah that's uh i'm glad they're making the pvp arena i honestly you know as many fuck-ups as jagex has and as you know mm -hmm. there's things that we love to complain about it's it's i feel like most game communities tend to just pick on the worst of the company you know like the yeah. absolute like worst things that they've done in recent years and stuff but I mean, realistically, they're really trying, and uh, the game we have currently, and, you know, hopefully in the future, I mean, I'm very optimistic for PvP, I'm optimistic for the rest of the game, because I feel like, yeah. first of all, Jag like, the devs there know how to make fun content now, they've had 
good amount of testing for mini games and bosses and stuff and what works and what doesn't work and uh yeah that just gets me really excited and i do think um especially after talking to mason last week how important pvp is and i've always understood how important it is i mean firsthand i've made i've made a couple pvp videos or not pvp videos but just wilderness related videos and they always pop off like people love it but yeah Yeah, like you said it originally it's like i mean it's so hard to get into and there's not enough reward yeah you're right lms i think did so much good for getting people into it um and i hope this new wilderness boss is the exact same thing i think like you mentioned before you know i think it's human nature sometimes to kind of focus on the negative negatives or kind of the negatives to upset people more than maybe um the positives can inspire people to kind of be happy but we are incredibly i've got to echo this statement incredibly blessed to have the old school team that we do have and and in general like the the community we have as well there's a lot of bad bad eggs and some some strange people online and everything like that sometimes it's just a vocal minority and i think yeah we, the game is is doing so good still um of course i think covid um helped the the one good thing about covid maybe for, for creators at least was the uh a lot more people inside and playing games and such and thank god we've had runescape to, to occupy our minds and everything like that but um the game the game's doing really well and we're in a really good position i think and like i said the team's really trying um we have new devs exclusively working on PvP. We have some things coming. Sure, not, not everything passes. The poll system's still like a big blockade. Mm-hmm. And it's scary sometimes when, when stuff fails and everyone gets excited. We haven't got Bounty Hunter back. But I'm hoping like in a year's time from now, things are going to be very different. I, I hope. But again, I'm, I'm very optimistic usually and, and naive. And I do, I do love this game, like we mentioned before. So I, I do hope uh, all these things continue to happen. And I am excited overall. Let's talk about the polling system because, and I'll just briefly state before I let you uh, answer, just I do agree with you that uh, it is limiting and especially for PvP. I mean, that is very clear that it's very limited on uh, the updates we can get for PvP because of the uh, polling system. But um, at least for the rest of the game, that's kind of where my thoughts will be. Um, It feels like a good little safety net to yeah i mean the whole 75 threshold the whole like everyone gets to vote and things could be kind of altered slightly but um first of all i do think everyone should get a vote but uh you know there could also be kind of representatives to the groups of people so that's a little bit more of an educated vote now there's so much to that and that's like very 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 complicated to uh, set up but i do love the safety net because people are like just get rid of polling completely and that's like ah, like I can see the fun in that because there are positives to that. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you wake up one morning, boom, there's this super dope update that you've never even considered like that was coming out and now it's out. And that's just really exciting. But on the downside, I don't fully trust the team. I, like, I, I just don't. Yeah. I, I have a lot of trust in the team, but I don't fully trust them yet. And I think, uh, yeah, gets me nervous. Yeah, I, I get you. I, I think like. The, the poll system in general, I, I do agree. Um, I, I loved the idea of having a council system as well. Mm-hmm. Like some, maybe not all updates. Every every update should be polled. And maybe occasionally, like every couple months, there's like some kind of update that's decided on by like a select group. Maybe it could be voted upon who that group was or or whatever. And JS can do like these occasional updates. But then it's like, where do you draw the line kind of thing? Yeah. And for example, I think with 99.9% of updates JX do, they pass because the old school team knows 
right? What's going to pass? What, what isn't going to pass? What's the contentious issues? And even when things don't pass, they do try to repoll them. They do try to change them if they think it's good for the game. Um, sometimes things that, like, for example, what was that skill that was going to pass? They pulled it like three times uh, last year or two years Warding? ago. Warding? Warding, yeah. For example, warding. Like, yeah. if the if the poll system wasn't in, in the game, that would have come into the game. And, like, regardless of my position on warding... Um, it is, it is cool that the community could decide and the majority could decide. Maybe 75% isn't the best number. Maybe 70% would mean that more things would come into the game. Um, some things that you know don't really have any negatives or many negatives. And to be fair, the old school team does do really well sometimes at polling things, even for PvP, that people don't necessarily think are PvP. For example, we got the manacles come into the game. There was no mention there were going to be one defense. And there was no mention they were going to be like, you know, better than climbing boots for pures or anything like that. Or the kilt, the Fremnic kilt. Mm -hmm. But it was a clue scroll update. So everyone voted yes for it. Yep. And the same with like the um the new fang coming out from Raids Free. Yeah. That is like a huge DPS increase for PvP in terms of NH. Like it's like the equivalent of a Bofa, but for melee. Oh so, it's so it's, accurate. Oh yeah. It's got yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. And so like if if that was to be polled for a PvP update. No way in hell that would pass. What? P PVMers being more easily to be killed and, and all that kind of stuff? No way. But a raids update? Oh, yeah, get that into the game. So, <laughs> like, so there, are, yeah. there, are, there are ways that they, they, they can bring things in, hopefully, and I and I, I think they are smart about it. I just hope to keep seeing that in the, in the future, for sure. Um, that yeah. is interesting, though, that you kind of brought that up, because Osmontan's Fang definitely will be a yeah. crazy new PvP item. Um, by the way... Uh, Oh wait, I'm I'm losing my train of thought. It was something about Osmontan's Fang. Oh shit, or it was something about requirement maybe something about raids and oh oh yeah, this was it. So the question is really, where is the ceiling of when raids items? And we're talking years from now, but like, is there a certain point where raids items just simply cannot be used in PvP or just in general? Will will there be a day where there are PvP specific items and non-pvp specific because what i hear because i'm i hear a lot from pvmers and they think they just want crazy rewards from raids they want to annihilate bosses like they want dope rewards and but then they're always having to be balanced most of them are having to be balanced around pvp kind of like okay if we can start hitting random like 80s on stuff like i don't know it has to always be these weird arbitrary restrictions like a scythe for example it's like oh it can only be against like two by two or larger yeah yeah, yeah it, so i think yeah. we're, we're kind of all, almost already there <laughs> like the bofa that came out is nuts um i don't really nh very much i'm mostly a pvp like edgeville style pker but when i do nh and i go against a bofa i'll hit them off prayer like 70 percent of the time and they'll hit me off prayer like two times out of 50 and they'll still out dps me because of how Jeez. accurate and insane the bofa is it is just nuts um and then like i said before the fang that's coming out is gonna be huge as well and torva dude uh, torva is crazy like at least with the um inquisitor's armors we got that had like 30 defense right so it was low defense it was cool you could if you did it in raids as well used it for pvm you'd be hit a bit more and if you make a mistake it's a bit more damaging but torva comes out you can hit 87 in ags in pvp you can hit 90 claw specs you can hit 50 plus mauls like you can one hit one hit people constantly it's <laughs> and it's and it also has the defense of like inquisitor or sorry yeah. sorry i'm whatever it's called the uh justice here yeah um it's absolutely nuts that that's in the game already um and it to answer your question, like, should we have PvP-specific items? Like, I, I like that PvP and the wilderness is a part of the game, 
and I, and I don't like the idea of things kind of only being used in some areas and not in other areas kind of thing. But at the same time, I, I don't think we've got a choice, really. Yeah. Like, power creep is inevitable, right? And the team's kind of tried to skirt around it by having situational items and things that have drawbacks, etc. But if we want bigger and harder bosses, uh, you know, ultimately we're going to need bigger and better weapons eventually as well. And, and there's the concern that, like, old content gets kind of overshadowed by new methods. Like, uh, this new staff that's coming out is going to be really good, a bunch of God Wars Dungeon stuff, and they're both for already. Like, and, and Tebow already, like, changed the meta completely for stuff like Zami and, and Bandos and such um, to be, you know, range-based now instead of necessarily melee-based. Yeah. So I, I, th I think it's inevitable. I think the way the team's done it, having the game being out for 10 years like there's been a lot of change and, and power shifts and such but we're going at an okay rate um I, th I think there will become a point and i think we're almost there pretty much already where you know certain items maybe shouldn't be used for pvp or should have exclusions um but then it gets complicated it's like do you have like a different set of stats where certain certain uses in pvp and certainly not in pvp but equally like you mentioned with the scythe you know big bosses only or big monsters only get you know um, get affected by them and their, their true powers and use them certain things or or maybe you've got like a weapon that is only really good if the opponent's got like a crazy amount of defense which you can never get in like PvP armor sets or whatever. I don't know, it's, it's a hard one but I do have faith in the team that when it comes to balancing, well, with the exception of Torva and Pofa coming out of PvP, I hopefully <laughs> no, they're going to like, you yeah. know, get there. It's, it's a difficult one, I don't know. To be fair, I mean, Torva and Bofa. I mean, those things are expensive to bring out there. They're no, they are, yeah. They're no joke, but yeah, they are very, very powerful. Um, yeah. This is a question from Champions Cape. So he asked, well, he asked two things. I'm going to focus on the second. He asks, what are some PvP changes you would make? And then his second question is, if you had the ability to fix or change anything unpolled, what would it be? Oof. That's a difficult one. Um... Changes that I would make, I'd, I'd love to see Unpolled just bring back Bounty Hunter. Like I said, there were thousands, if not tens of thousands, of players, like a whole community, clans, and people that would log in every single day, or even alts. Like a lot of people had like PK accounts, level builds, Obi Maulers, low level G Maul pures, just completely eradicated. Um, that whole scene, just I think that's been the biggest damaging update. So sometimes you think about updates like damaging the game, but the removal of updates or the removal of content single-handedly does the most like yeah gets people to, to quit the game so i bring back bounty hunter for sure with some kind of you know um reward system in place even though it can be you know exploited and gold farm just make it against the rules just actually enforce the rules yeah. um or make it you know very difficult for people to actually boost it and such it'll always happen of course there will be people that do it but like look at the rest of the game you know do we nerf zora and take all its loots because there's zora bots 24 7 going or do we you know remove a bunch of the uniques from nightmare there's always going to be people that are going to do that kind of stuff and it sucks that pvp is always at the kind of end where it's like or revs it's like it's too much here but it's not in other places i don't know i don't i don't like that um other updates and changes and make to pvp um i'd love to see i obviously i'm biased here because i'm a pure myself but i'd love to see pures kind of being made great again um the only updates we've really gotten over the years uh, apart from updates that everyone can use of like high attack levels like Scythe and such. In terms of like gear, uh, we had the Elder Chaos robes a very long time ago now, which are only marginally better than God robes, which I never use because God robes give you a load of prayer bonus too. Um, so I'd like to see kind of glass cannon, kind of one defense items coming out a bit more. Um, you know, meds and, and zerks have had loads of different things over the years. And I'd like that power shift to go back to 
the glass cannon build, kind of really high offense, low defense. Um, I'd like to see more prayers come out, maybe a, a new prayer book, albeit not as ridiculous as, you know, curses were back in the day with soul split and stuff like that. But I'd like to see some high level prayer stuff come out as well for PvP. Um, and again, just like that whole kind of idea about the wilderness being high risk, high reward. Like, you just need to put a load of good rewards in the wild. I'm not saying that the G you know, XP per hour should be the best in the game because then yeah, it does kind of people do feel forced to go if they want to go for records if they want to like be really efficient but a bit under you know what the best XP per hour is not not the best XP but close to like you know decent XP rates and making a bunch of money for the risk of being in the wilderness I think stuff like that would bring a lot of people to the wild a bit more and kind of um, actually allow the, the wilderness to kind of become great again I just I don't see it happening anytime soon to the extent that I'd love to see it happening but if I could, that's what I'd, I'd love to see, a bit of a combination of Bounty Hunter and then Wilderness updates to make like methods for everything. For example, the, we have the Wilderness resource area, right, which is still pretty good for Dark Crabs. I think you can two-tick mm -hmm. them, and it's a pretty chill AFK method. But I, I think it should be better XP per hour, or there should be other other things in there for like every skill. Um, and it's not, you're not forced to go, right? Um, it shouldn't be like the best XP per hour, but there should be that balance of like being good XP, which makes up the fact that occasionally you're attacked or have to leave, but equally you're getting like good money for your time if you are risking it for the biscuit kind of thing. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that's what that's what I'd like to say. A few things. Yeah, I. You know what? I mean, just talking to you for like this first hour of the cast, I'm really appreciated your nuanced views on stuff because you actually are painting a very clear picture and you're giving. I don't know. It makes a lot of sense, and I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you kind of see both kind of game modes yeah. i mean you've played a main you played an iron you played a pure you've pk'd you've streamed like you've seen a lot and you've been around forever so i feel like you have a pretty good educated response to most of these questions which I'm, yeah i'm really appreciating so far thank you I, I think a lot of people in the pk community in general and like as a whole a lot when i make suggestions sometimes people think that i'm doing it for like my own like personal i guess, I guess sometimes i'm a little bit biased. of course everyone's biased right because i biased, play a pure yeah. and i'm a pk but um at the same time like ultimately especially like, equally to most creators, we want to see the game flourish and do well, right? If the game does well and keeps going, I get to keep playing the game, obviously, and I get to keep streaming and, and uh, all that kind of stuff. And and so like at the, at the core front of a lot of my opinions that I have and suggestions that I make is for kind of the, the good of the game is what, what I feel personally and like what everyone will enjoy and what will keep keep things going. Um, and I think like most, most uh, creators kind of see that at the forefront of our suggestions is like we want the game to just do well and for more people to play it and keep enjoy playing it and for the game to never die really because like that's the, that's the bottom line because that benefits all of us equally um but yeah so here's a question and i am completely i mean just this is not my area so you're gonna have to answer it uh exclusively but second base yeah. asks thoughts on unschooling builds in parentheses one through 13 prayer in the old bounty hunter the auto skull mechanic essentially removed that variety so can you explain that a little bit if you have okay any... so like obviously if you attack players you get skulled right you lose all your items unless you've got protect item Mm -hmm. There's a lot of PKers that like to have unsculled builds. For example, 30 defense account is the Inquisitor build. But a 30 defense, unless you've got Inquisitor, you've got to use Snakeskin, right? Or you've got to use like Addy Armor, mm. which is nowhere near as good. So you're kind of like, if you have a build like that, you're kind of forced to use it. Or if you're a 1 prayer or 13 prayer pure, if you're going to be sculling up, you're not going to be able to protect your G Maul or your Obi Necklace and Obi Maul or anything like that. So um, 
I, I think unsculled builds are completely fine, personally. I've actually got an unsculled build. I've got a 13 Prayer Pure as well from back in the day, which I haven't used in years because Bounty Hunter being gone. But um, I think I think it's a really cool idea to have accounts like that. And the, the bottom line with those accounts is if you don't want to fight someone that is unsculled, just don't attack them. It's not like they can do anything. They can't attack you because then they'll skull and risk a load of money. Yep. Um, in, in Bounty Hunter, if a player was unsculled, is what he's referring to, you would be able to skip your target um, for free without a penalty. Mm. So if you don't want to fight someone, you could just skip them. No, no, no negative to you, right? You're just like, well, you're not risking anything. But what I find at least, and what I do when I, when I do Unskull PK, which I do even on my prayer accounts sometimes, I'll bring a load of risk, like more than most people. I might bring two, three times, five times as much risk to use those items that are kind of like a bit more expensive. I don't want to be sculling up in them because then I'll be risking like a hundred times their risk, yeah. right? Yeah. But I want to use these but I want to use these items to have fun with them and, and to try some different accounts. And most of the time, like again, it's it's their choice if they want to attack me or not. If they feel like I'm not risking enough or it's not worth their time for me to have this extra power that, that I have with it by unsculling, then that's you know, that's up to them. Um so in Bounty Hunter what they did the randomly, I don't know why they did this, but they made it so that everyone was forced to skull. It was an automatic skull in the wilderness. Oh okay. and I so I, I don't know why they did it. It was just a bad choice, basically. Um, if they bring back Bounty Hunter, I hope they remove that because just the fact that you could kind of skip your opponent then for free was like enough of a balancing that you weren't forced to fight those people. And again, it's like one of those changes they've made, like the removal of BH, which just kind of killed off brackets and killed off people's accounts. And people like having like unique accounts, whether it's like skillers or, or pures or whatever. And that's what makes RuneScape, I think, especially so unique and so interesting is that you can make these account builds that you like see to be like you know kind of personal and um you've got you kind of fall in love with being like this little unique character in the game like it, it gives it gives the game just so much more interest to it i think for a lot of players myself included if everyone's just the same character right we're all just max mains or max irons everyone's got the same gear there's no like variance and it's, it's always it's always nice to see people going for like different challenges a lot of people make their own challenges right like through content creation like settleds um, whole uh, tile man mode, and you've got like Boaties one man army, which eventually became like Iron Man mode as well. Um, that's a really, it's a really fun part of the game. So I think it should be encouraged, and there should be ways to do stuff like that, as opposed to just blanket like, no, you're not allowed to do this kind of PKing. So yeah, that's my that's my opinion of it, pretty much. Okay. Yeah, that you know that really is a damn shame that uh, Bounty Hunter was just completely removed. That is so fucking unfair. <laughs> like, yeah, it's really. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to even see that when I just never participated in Bounty Hunter. But that really is just, yeah, really. It unlucky. was. It was a mistake. Like, BH two basically. The reason why it was removed, of course, as you know, is like they brought out this system which wasn't balanced, yeah. and it it had like you had like tasks to do basically. Yeah, like so if you did this task and stuff. Yeah, you, so you had to do like a task, for example, not wear an amulet and a ring. Or, like, get a kill of a special attack or get a ranged KO. And, like, some of them were okay. And some of them were just, like, why? Like, why am I not wearing a ring and a necklace? What is the point <laughs> in this? Oh, this is just dumb. Um, and then you get points for that. But if you were also in a hot zone, you got even more points. And they didn't make boosting against the rules. And the average player wasn't able to really, like, you know, get that much. Um, like, constantly do these tasks as well as do them in a hot zone. Sometimes in like the deep wilderness and stuff like that, having to regear and not bring certain items or get a kill with like ranged deep wilderness only is kind of difficult because most people use, you know, volatile staffs and AGSs and claws and stuff like that. Yep. Getting a ranged KO is real hard. So the only people that were really benefiting from this system and able to get the maximum points per hour and the maximum GP per hour boosters to the point because they didn't make it bannable, it was just 
I remember going there and the whole of Edgeville was just gold farmers, like hundreds of people. You'd get a tar target and it was a gold farmer and they'd say, skip me, skip me. And if you didn't skip them, you'd have to wait in the wilderness for five minutes to get another target, oh, which was another gold farmer. So it just became, got to the point where like after a week of it, all the PKs had gone. All the PKs were just weren't there and were just taking part in boosting because Jake's never kind of said, you can't do this. If they made it against the rules and like occasionally, you know, kind of banned a bunch of people, put some ban waves out, I reckon it would have been much better because like even BH1 had its flaws, right? There were bot farms. Pugger, Pugger, Puggin, Pugger. Sir Pugger. Made, Sir Pugger, yeah. that's it. Made loads and loads of um videos on, you know, the bot busting and the people that would have like hundreds of accounts and all this kind of stuff. But again, like there, there are... They could do changes to like maybe the hot zone would only be Edgeville, so they couldn't be hidden away in the corner of the wilderness for Bounty Hunter, and they couldn't be attacked by other people and like ways that you could kill them and actually benefit from fighting them, make it harder to boost or actually ban them and such. And it, it is it is such a damn shame that they just removed it entirely and completely destroyed. Um, yeah, that part of the game. Yeah. It was no, it was, a, it's, it, it was not only was it a part of like the game, it was also part of like streaming. I remember so many PKers would stream Bounty Hunter, and I would watch it even. I kind of enjoyed yeah. those chill Bounty Hunter streams. Just a lot, a lot of those streamers are gone now. They just don't yeah. stream anymore, or they've moved games. Like Shy McFly, for example, she had like a clan of like two hundred people, and she would have like a like a selling emblem yeah, system thing, which I was remember. pretty fine. And then people would come to her and buy like rune pouches and stuff. Other PKs would buy them, or Iron Man would buy them before we had LMS. And like real cool community around it. And then it just it just went, and she just quit the game. And she's doing really well now. To be fair, she streams other games, I think. But um, yeah, it it is it is crazy to think about. Like imagine just one day they said, "Oh, we're gonna remove just delete Iron, Iron Man, delete Iron Man <laughs> from the game. Like we don't want to do Iron Man anymore. It's it's damaging to the integrity <laughs> of the game." Or Iron Man keep voting no to certain updates or whatever, and we keep on oh, to do right. updates. Like, imagine imagine everyone screaming about it, but we're bounty hunter because it was such a small portion of the community. Yeah. It just kind of it was whatever. But hey, hopefully end of the year, like they said, they're gonna look back into it and maybe we'll get it back again. So fingers crossed. Very cool. Hunter asks, are beans best heated on the stove or in the microwave? Why? And then he also asks, oh favorite god. anime and why? Oh my god. Thanks, Hunter X Hunter. Um, <laughs> let me think about this. So beans on the stove or the microwave? That's a oh, come on man, it's gotta be on the stove. Like our beans, I'm sure you know this. Um, say that they're very different to American beans. American beans are wank. They're horrible. They're like in a barbecue sauce and they have like bacon in them and all these i don't know they just taste weird to me at least in england as part of an english breakfast we have baked beans which are beans in a tomato based sauce um and it's like a bit of a meme um it has been a meme for a long long time that i liked baked beans so much because i used to post like twitter pictures of my baked beans on toast in the mornings or in general <laughs> used to talk about them a lot um it's one of those like a bit like you know while we still play runescape all these years later it's a nostalgic thing kind yeah. of what i grew up with every day i used to be a really fussy eater growing up i could only have like ketchup or baked beans on my plate with any food that i ate <laughs> kind Older of thing so yeah. yeah um i've grown out of that now <laughs> now well into my uh into my 20s but yeah i uh i adore baked beans on toast i'll have them a few times a week uh as a as a breakfast or on the side when i have you know potatoes and sausages and stuff on the stove, it reduces the sauce beautifully and eloquently. And uh, in the microwave, it's just just it's just different. It just doesn't hit hit right. Yeah. As for favorite as for favorite anime, um, I recently got into anime a few years ago. Um, I kind of always thought like, oh, anime, ugh, I don't want to watch that. But at the same time, like growing up, I watched a lot of Studio Ghibli. I don't know if you've or Ghibli. I don't know if you've heard of. No. 
any of their stuff if you're into anime. It's kind of like anime meets Disney. Um, they kind of tell the stories in quite a uh, quite a nice, beautiful way, and uh, like kind of have some contrast to, to like real world predicaments, like the environmental impact of things and all that kind of stuff. So, growing up, Princess Mononoke was my favorite anime like movie that I watched when I was a kid um, for many years, and then in terms of like TV shows, anime wise, I recently watched the last or second last season now of um, oh, what's it called. Attack on Titan. Mm. That's probably my, my all-time favorite. Really good show, which if anyone wants to get into anime, I recommend checking that one out. Um, and probably Sword Art Online, which is a bit of a, a squishy one. A bit of a, a cutesy one, but that was a... I got some good memories of that as well. So, yeah. You, are you into anime at all, or no? Uh, so, I never really got into it, unfortunately. And I never had um, the channels really growing up that just had a bunch of anime stuff like i never watched uh naruto or um what was the other uh dragon ball z dragon ball yeah like i just that was not part of my childhood even avatar it was never part of my childhood so i mean i see people now that are are just still like they think it's i mean it is their god avatar the last airbender is their god i mean they are obsessed with it to this day and there's a lot of nostalgia attached to that i just yeah it has to be um, and unfortunately, I just never really got that. So my roommates in college, I mean, I had one roommate in particular that loved Attack on Titan. And to be completely honest, I'm not really even into watching shows or movies even. Like, I can watch them, but they yeah. have to be so good. I mean, because I've always just been like, I don't know. I like the inter- I like games more than sitting down and turning brain off and watching something. So I get you. Yeah, I did. However, try to watch Attack on Titan. I got through a little bit of it, and I I hate to even bring this up, but it's just the truth. And so I just I'll, I'll mention it. Something that really bothers me about anime is the super overdone um, voice acting where they act like <laughs> whining children. I can't yeah. stand it for the life of me. And it's like one of those like things that just like eats up at you. That is the one thing. It's like, dude, as soon as I'm in a scene where there's like a man child crying and yelling and pouting and stuff, I'm like, dude, I can't do I can't do this there's, anymore. There's, like it's, it's so why weird. I didn't want to get into anime for so long is like a lot of it just felt like so childish and the especially the over sexualization of like children and that kind of stuff yeah. is it's weird. There's some weird anime out there. And uh, I, I'm not a fan, obviously, of any of that kind of shit. And that's why I didn't want to get into anime for so long. Mm-hmm. Or I didn't want, like, people would mention, oh, watch this anime or check out anime. I'd be like, that's weird, man. I'm not into that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And then I watched, like I said, Attack on Titan. I, I grew up watching Dragon Ball and Pokemon and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. end of the day, like, there's a lot of them. The medium of anime can, can be really good and kind of the, the kind of... Um, the cartoony ones, but yeah, when things get over the top, um, like you said, the the voice acting and stuff, it, yeah. it really puts me off too. And and there's there's a there's a weird kind of corner of anime out there which um, isn't isn't for me, of course. But yeah, yeah. So some of them some of them are pretty cool. I like, I like the fighting stuff, the Attack on Titan, etc. Um, yeah, the the story the storylines themselves actually very much intrigue me. I mean, my roommate was yep. telling me about the storyline of Attack on Titan. It sounds awesome. I think the biggest part is I'm very picky. Like, if there's... Even if... Just regardless of anime, if I'm watching a movie and there's no recognizable actors in it, I'm instantly already turned off by it, kind of. I'm like, okay, this clearly is kind of budget, clearly not, like, the best production value, and I just kind of get turned off by it. So I'm very picky when it comes to any sort of show. 
You might like, um, have you got Amazon Prime? Yeah. Yeah, I watched Vinland Saga recently, which was pretty good. It's got like a historical aspect to it um, as an anime, and it's not like over-the-top kind of thing, but it's got some cool uh, kind of philosophical approach to some of the storylines and kind of the way the characters deal with things and, and kind of progress. Um, that's one for anyone listening to the podcast looking for something new to watch, Vinland Saga on Prime. Um, but yeah, no, I, I don't watch that much um anime to be honest nowadays i i do like netflix though i am a mm-hmm. fucking i'm a fiend for netflix i watch way too much in the evenings i'll sit in bed on my mobile watching for far too long to be honest um but the same as you i, I do prefer gaming sitting on my pc and because we stream and and all that kind of stuff we don't have as much time compared to i guess the average gamer who could maybe like afk and just yeah, like watch things all, all day long but when i'm playing runescape i'm not I'm not a huge fan of skilling. I, I do enjoy some skilling, and I do enjoy the Iron Man progress. But mostly, when I'm playing RuneScape, the things I really love is PVM and PVP, yep. which requires you to, you know, um, focus up. Mostly, um, there's some exceptions, of course. Like when you're doing chambers, you kind of get into the rhythm. You can, you know, read your Twitch chat and interact and all that kind of stuff. But I like to, when I'm playing a game, I like to play the game. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, there was one point when i was playing runescape a lot that um this is back in 2015 actually when i first started playing Mm -hmm. i i would i remember looking up this is big tangent but i just remember uh first thing i was doing and this is very newbie i mean this is me so just to give a brief little timeline i played runescape from 2004 to 2007 and then i quit entirely for eight years i mean i never logged in i didn't even think about the game i played guitar hero i played um like computer yeah. games i played gamecube games i played all that stuff so uh sorry did you ask some no i said hell yeah guitar oh, yeah. hero yeah good no, times i was i was a menace at guitar hero i mean i that hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when i asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f- are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on linkedin you'll miss out on great candidates like sandra start hiring professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com people today was the game i did if if there was anything like you know learning how to do the inferno you know on runescape like the yep. equivalent was like me grinding on practice mode through the fire and flames i mean like trying to <laughs> trying to decimate parts that were so hard and i would just sit i'm not even kidding i would come back from middle school and high school it was both i mean it was both uh schools i guess technically kind of like led into it but i remember i would come back from high school i'd, I'd get off the bus First thing I do is I'd load up the Wii. I played Guitar Hero on the Wii, and uh, I would just sit without doing any homework, without even like taking off my backpack. I was already on there sitting on the couch playing Guitar Hero, and I would sit there for five hours straight practicing one song. 
It was Wesker. probably, it, it must have been the most annoying thing for any other person, like, in the room. Because it's just the constant, like, slow motion song yep. <laughs> playing. And then, like, the little menu options that are just, like, guitar shows, like, kunk, kunk, kunk. Like, oh, <laughs> it was. Oh, it takes me back. My uh, my favorite Guitar Hero was World Tour. Because we got the, uh, I used to play the drums yeah. growing up. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. a band and all that kind of stuff. My brother was a guitarist, and he played a lot of Guitar Hero too. so... And we got that one Christmas for the Xbox, and I sucked oh, man. at the drums. I wow, I loved them. it. It was really enjoyable. Um, it's it's really the way those. It was really the foot pedal that just completely threw me off. It was too hard to do both. I just didn't have the the foot eye coordination for it. I was useless at the singing part. I am tone deaf, so I really cannot <laughs> to save my life trying to hit those notes. Was just like, what am I doing wrong? It's just <laughs> awkward singing, like actually yeah. singing. Uh, it was a little awkward. Uh, but anyway, the the whole reason I brought that up is because in uh, in 2015, my roommate, I was doing uh, sales in Vegas, door to door sales, and um, mm -hmm. my roommate got me back into old school, and he was telling me about it. And I was like, okay, like that's cool and all, but RuneScape sucks. Trust me, like they got rid of Wilderness and all that stuff eight years ago. And he's like, no, 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 they brought back like the original game that we love, and so I started playing it. And the first thing I went to do is go kill wyverns. Like, my, I wanted to get seventy-two oh. slayer because wyverns were it. When I looked up money-making guides on YouTube, wyverns like first three videos, it was like, oh yeah. So, um, the, I don't know how I'm trying to tie this in, but basically, when you were saying like you know PVMing and not really being able to watch a show, just too much interaction, mm -hmm. I had my perfect little laptop setup. I'd lie on my bed and I'd have my laptop with my Wyvern alt and then I'd just be able to watch like any sort of YouTube or shows like that. And that was like my idea of like PVM at the time, like ranging Wyverns with a rune crossbow. <laughs> but, Humble beginnings. Yeah. I, I, I actually really adore those kind of grinds where it, you turn brain off, but you're still killing a boss and you're just stacking stuff, you know? It's kind of like that nice yeah. progression, but chill. Yeah, well, that's like one of the beauties of RuneScape, right? There's just so much to explore. There are. You can go from, from doing like some chilled out grinds, bank standing. I'm woodcutting right now, just chilling, catching some, uh, cutting some uh, redwoods. And then you can really get into the deep end with Inferno, Chambers, yeah. Sani's PvP. Um, yeah, there's there's so, there's so much in this game to do, and there's always there's so yeah, so many different things. Beautiful. So let me ask you this, uh, just because we're in the little story time mode, I guess. Uh, mm -hmm. What is your daily routine, if you don't mind me asking, of like kind of being a content creator, and what I don't know, what is like more of the average day in your life, and if it has shifted, you know, from previous years and stuff, you can even you can even draw some comparisons of like kind of how it's. Or yeah, so um, I think at times I, I definitely struggle with my sleep schedule. I'll like like at any game, right? I'll stay up way too late sometimes. That's like my biggest kind of enemy is uh, having the mental fortitude to kind of go to sleep. I'm a bit of a night owl. I like being awake late. I like my time off stream as a as a creator to just chill, vibe, watch shows, or or chat to people, play games, that kind of stuff. Um, so sometimes I'll be in a schedule which is probably not the best for my uh, my stream. But on average, I am in a good schedule, which was for recently for about two, three months. And then I got COVID last month, um, so I was a little bit unwell. So it's kind of slipped recently. But on average, I'd, I'd go to bed, wake up around... Usually, I'd aim for like 8 to 10 in the morning, which is a bit of a, a big window. Go downstairs, have a coffee with my parents. Um, so I leave my parents at the moment uh, for a few more months. 
then eat breakfast, sometimes the classic baked beans on toast. Uh, recently, it's been muesli with um, blueberries, and I've recently started taking um, athletic greens, which I think Faux is currently sponsored by, which is like an all-in-one kind of green shake because I'm trying to get my health just uh, a bit more mm-hmm. kind of on top of it all since, you know, being a runescaper all the time and, and a streamer indoors, seeing my PC... Uh, my diet's not the best sometimes, so I'm trying to take more control over that. But I uh, yeah, have a coffee, um, have breakfast, have that shake in the morning, make a sandwich usually to take on stream, start my stream. Ugh, dude, my schedule has been all over the place in recent months, but anywhere from, I guess, 10 till 2 p.m., depending which, which stream schedule I'm in, sometimes a bit later. Stream for minimum six, usually eight to ten hours. End my stream. Um go downstairs, make dinner, speak to my parents for a little bit again, um, and then probably just get back on my PC, play more video games, chat to friends, uh, watch shows, and then do it all over again, to be honest. I live in the middle of nowhere, so for the for the most part, socializing, especially over COVID the past two years, I've had the occasional thing that I've been doing a few weeks ago on holiday, um, which is where I caught COVID, unfortunately. First time going abroad in so many years and going on holiday properly, and I goddamn catch the thing which is uh very unlucky yeah. i went to spain recently to a festival um spent a lot of my 20s kind of going to festivals and and traveling I love going to different countries um seeing friends maybe before covid maybe like once a month or something doing trying to have something going on going to do um apart from that very much a home a homeboy like to stay inside like to to play games like i said um used to be really into fitness a long time ago um many years back going to the gym but nowadays some evenings might go for a little walk um when it's dark and when it's nice and peaceful uh, especially now in the in the hot weather we've been having in, in england and it gets a bit darker but yeah for the most part it's just uh <laughs> eat sleep skate for a fee as cringe as that sounds t-shirt, um, yeah. I, yeah i absolutely i absolutely love streaming honestly um yeah it is a it is a blessing and um i enjoy runescape a lot so I have, a, I have an, a couple off-stream games that I go through cycles of playing sometimes. Recently, it's been Risk of Rain 2, which is like a roguelike that I'm really enjoying. That maybe after streaming, like, you know, eight hours plus of RuneScape, I don't want to jump back on RuneScape necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, other thing is obviously, like, with an Iron Man especially, I don't want to kind of do PVM that much sometimes and maybe get an off-stream drop, because um, that would suck. Um, so, we keep that back in mind. If I am playing RuneScape off stream, it's kind of AFKing things, doing farm runs, birdhouse runs, making potions, that kind of stuff, or maybe just PKing for fun. I do still, like I said, PK most evenings for a couple of hours in the PvP world. But I go through, like anyone, motivation spurts where I might want to exclusively just play on stream, and other times I want to play a lot off stream as well. So, yeah. it comes and goes in troves. But yeah, for the most part, just. Nothing that exciting, to be honest, outside of RuneScape recently, at least. But I think everyone's been kind of in the same boat with uh, yeah. with COVID, unfortunately. Yeah, that's uh, my life's not exciting whatsoever. But uh, I also want to talk um, kind of about, and mainly because like every content creator goes through it, mm-hmm. uh, goes through it, the highs and lows of content creation, and the fact that. Believe it or not, for those that don't content create, it is not just a steady growth. There's a lot of waves and bumps and stuff, either financially or just viewership in general or motivation to stream and things like that. So you, having done it for a decade, 
Uh, I'd love to hear your advice and maybe some parts that maybe you've struggled with and things like that, that uh, maybe some other content creators could maybe relate to. Yeah, so I think personally for me, I'll be honest, I still struggle and I go through waves and motivations and in general, uh, some, some bad dips. And uh, I, I think especially in recent years of COVID, I've definitely hit some of those quite a lot. I, mm -hmm. I Occasionally I'll take like a month off almost because of either my health. Um, like last year during Deadman Mode, I really pushed myself to the absolute limit, which is why I'm like kind of trying to be a bit more self-conscious self when it comes to health and trying to go outside for, for little walks and not doing that much exercise, just getting outdoors a bit more and taking these these green shakes and checking my diet a bit more and eating a bit healthier, like having muesli and lots of uh, fruit in the mornings and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so last year, Denma Mode Time rolled around and I've been playing DMM since the original release, right? And even though I don't ever get to actually play in the Denma Mode Finals, the game mode itself is so fun, even though I was casting. I still played every day, even the tournaments as well themselves. And I put in, you know, like 40 hour straight shifts multiple times in the week. Um, or stay up till ridiculous o'clock, sleep like a couple of hours and then get back on it again. And I tried to do that last DMM. And I think because of the COVID whole, like, you know, staying inside all the time, it just ruined me. And I think I had so much fun, right, for a few days. But I stayed awake for like 40 hours. Um, and now that I'm 29, my body just could not handle it and ended up actually fainting whilst going for a piss. <laughs> I like Jesus. had finished my stream. It was really scary. I'd finished my stream. I uh, went upstairs, took my parents, came like upstairs. And I was having a piss and uh, just blacked out, woke up on the floor, like head went, head went straight through like this uh, towel rack, like a wooden structure, which I'm very oh. lucky there. And I'm very lucky how I went through it because it could have just fucking pierced my neck or something. Yeah. Woke, up on the, woke up on the floor, like with my pants around my ankles kind of thing, like what the hell just happened? Holy. Was so scared. Ended up like telling my parents about it because they heard a loud thump next day. Um, kind of said to my my community and my on twitter like you know i've got to take a quick break i fainted last night i'm kind of scared went to hospital about it um ended up saying that it's like quite actually a common thing in men especially if you have lack of sleep and like over exhaust yourself if you go to take a piss like all of the oxygen kind of like goes from your brain not to your dick but like <laughs> just like the, just like the release in your bloodstream or something like that it, it cuts off the oxygen somewhere and so like it's not that uncommon for that to happen and so i just blacked out it wasn't like a a real serious medical issue fortunately for me and no lasting effects but um that scary, happened so to take like that, that was like yeah it was very scary and i was just like really worried about it um and so I've been a bit more self-conscious since then but in terms of like how things affect men mental health wise and that um yeah definitely taking some breaks sometimes more often than than not sometimes longer than i've wanted to where i have a feeling burnt out of the game or i guess i guess more so content creating right like when, when you don't do much else like balances everything in life right when you're not doing much else not seeing friends not really operating much as a human um things get a bit overwhelming and you kind of get exhausted so um it does happen sometimes and it's it's something that i still struggle with for sure something that i try to keep on top of. I'd like to say that in the last few months in particular, I've done much better at it from, you know, sorting out my sleep schedule, waking up early and kind of try and focus on on kind of the, the day in, day out and also get some fresh air and, and have some things to look forward to. Um, like I'm going to TwitchCon next week, which uh, I can't wait for. See some friends again, some more friends I haven't seen in a very long time or um, like a few weeks ago, went to, went to Spain, which was awesome, even though I got COVID on the way back. Had a really fantastic time seeing live music again, being with my mates. 
let my hair down kind of thing. Yeah. Um, wait, ways to avoid it. It's 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 different for everyone. Um, it's uh, it's one of those like balance is key, right? You need time off sometimes. I want to tell myself I want to stream, you know, six, seven days a week. I want to, you know, put in 200 plus hours a month or I'm not going to, you know, be able to do this for a living or get to where I want to be and all that kind of stuff. And the, the main reason I've been able to be here still today and get where, I've, where I am is partly it's, you know, hard work and consistency and being around for a long time. Another part is just, you know, like being in the right place, right time kind of thing. And um, I suppose living at home, of course, through my 20s has really helped me save money to the point where I'm able to hopefully get my first home due to the grace of my parents being as supportive as they have been not trying to like kick me out um and and be a bit more uh yeah kind of lenient with me about things but yeah i I think i think it's definitely a difficult one like what we do is we're so lucky to do it i guess like games for a living all that kind of stuff and we are human though like you know sometimes if you don't have that balance you definitely can fall down and it's just getting back on that horse right like if you take a bit of time off stream i'm sure you're the same you yeah. take, even if it's like a week off or something you wonder damn i gotta hit this go live button are people gonna be here are people gonna have forgotten about me or some people aren't gonna want to tune in again or, or what's gonna happen and obviously as being self-employed as a streamer if you don't go live you don't stream you're not you know you're not gonna get um really much much income or anything like that people are gonna unsubscribe primes are gonna go gift subs are gonna go bits etc so it is a something that plays in your mind I'm, I'm really lucky to be in the position i am in and i have to like sometimes pinch myself like I'm, we are living like a bit of a dream yeah. um so it's uh it's uh yeah it's it's one of those things you just got to pinch yourself and be like you know wake up you know you're you're getting to do this and, and i want to be doing it for many years to come i don't want to do anything else uh you know for a while so fingers crossed um things keep going the way they have been going but i love it's a difficult one I love it's, it's, it's a difficult one sometimes. Yeah, for sure. I just love that you still have that fire for it. You know, even though there's times where you might not be as motivated, it's still cool to think after 10 years, you're still, this is what you want to do. And you still can look at it and say, this is really a dream, even though it's so normal now. Um, yeah. There, there's a, a couple people that say when it registers. So... <laughs> let oh you know what let's, we'll, we'll just take a big chunk first of all i think when when i think of runescape commentators and you know that's not often i, I don't think of runescape commentators often but if i were to if somebody were to say runescape commentators i would think eviescape and pure spam i that's who i think of i think of your two faces oh, you. and uh it's really cool and I want to just kind of know about the experience, what kind of led into you being a commentator for these big events and what the whole experience is like, especially when shit uh, almost inevitably goes wrong every time and you're on mic and you have to address at least something. <laughs> so Yeah, so I started casting for Jagex back in, I want to say 2014 or 15. I got invited alongside... Boaty and skill specs, I think it was, and we all casted together. Um, back then, it was I think they rented out like the old studio up in Norwich or Norfolk, um, back where Jeremy Kyle was filmed. If you know what Jeremy Kyle is, no, nope. um, it's like a uh, kind of people have family problems and they go on there to air their discussions on on TV and then and then like have like the the lie detector test or the birth um, test. Like, is this your? Are you the father? <laughs> 
<laughs> that kind of stuff. Um, so it, it was a, it was a surreal experience being there to cast a demo tournament. We basically were in this massive studio, like a big, big room with a stage and everything. And we were just sat down on two desks with two monitors all huddled around. There's, there's pictures somewhere, so old. And it's, it's crazy to think that's what it started out as, just a couple of, you know, nerds. Um, we were doing doing it as like a not as a you know career. I guess Adam was full time then. Jay and I were just doing it for fun as hobbies, and we were just huddled around these PCs talking into these really crappy microphones. <laughs> um, and then it kind of escalated. That did really well. Jagex saw the potential. Um, it then kind of kept blowing up, and eventually then went to you know TwitchCon and went to to LA as well to do one at an ESL studio. And then they were doing them in Leicester and in London and. Um, yeah, it's wild to think. I've had so many, like I said earlier, so many amazing experiences and really fantastic memories made from like doing that stuff. And it's also been really good, I guess, as a content creator to kind of get my name out there and to be known as the demo mode guy or as the caster guy. I think I've casted every single DMM since 2015, Damn. a year on year, sometimes every like three months. And I've casted other stuff too, like other competitive tournaments they've put on. That's so cool. Um, when, yeah, when things go wrong, like... Again, it's like the whole thing about feeling very lucky to be there, right? Like, I get paid. For the first first year, I actually wasn't paid. I just did it for free for fun because, you know, paid an exposure and just love the game and all that kind of <laughs> paid, stuff. Love PvP. Paid, paid an exposure. What they is Jagex no. thinking? They got to pay I you. Know, but, right? but it's still, I know, right? I mean, still, though, you got to think. Like, yeah, I mean. It's actually quite funny because, like, the first year, I think I was casting it for free and then just doing it for fun. I was just like, I was just happy to be doing it, right? Yeah. And to be getting yeah. my first out <laughs> there still. You almost, like, don't want to ask because then they'll be like, oh, we'll yeah, just get somebody exa- else. They'll exactly. Do it for free. Yeah. It's like, Jesus. Then, you know, you know, actually, what I ended up having where I did get paid, it was it was Skiddler. They invited Skiddler to cast with me. Yeah. And Ellie was like, wait, I'm not getting paid. He's <laughs> like, I want to get paid. I was like, bless up, Elliot. So Elliot's the one that actually pushed for us to get paid. Shout out, And Elliot. then, yeah, shout out, Elliot. And then they uh, had a meeting, and I think some of the the guys that were working for them were like, said to Matt K, oh, how does this number sound? And he was like, yeah, that sounds good. And then from then on, I had a contract where, like, uh, on a case-to-case scenario, they'd invite me out and all that kind of stuff and get to do it. But, yeah, ultimately, because, you know, I was paid for it, and it was a fun experience. I was representing Jagex had to be professional and all that kind of stuff and just yeah. love doing it, right? So even if shit was hitting the fan and things were going wrong, like I'm a, I'm a streamer, right? I, I want to entertain. I want to do all this kind of stuff and I have fun doing it. I love watching the game. I just want the events to go well so they keep happening and, and all that kind of stuff. So even when things are going bad, yeah, it's stressful for me, but I would always think like, in the, the day, I'm, I'm happy to be here and to do this stuff. It's out of my control. You can't really, you know change what's happening and there must be so many people behind the scenes at jagex like people that i'm friends with jmods that i'm friends with that are probably you know like really panicking and really stressed out yeah and all like all my job is is just talk like i normally do on stream and just to make conversation and to and to chat away and have fun so like it wasn't ever that bad for me personally i didn't really get that like annoyed or upset about it and then always as well you got the participants many of which again are like my friends or people in my clan that are competing and having fun and a whole twitch chat that are all out there watching and just annoyed that the tournament's not going on so kind of out of my control and like i said like the, the when it registers meme that wasn't in, <laughs> that sorry. wasn't intentional <laughs> the funniest thing it just the funniest <laughs> three words of all time just oh my know. god it, yeah it, it wasn't like i I, would, I wanted to kind of like flame jagex or like be like <laughs> what the hell i was just casting and it just came out naturally. Like, I was just talking about what was going on. It's like, and he's about to special use a special attack. Mountain Mage is going to kill him when it registers or whatever it was. 
Um, oh and yeah, God. and then and obviously because Oda, Oda's the one that popularized it, I believe, because he was streaming his perspective, and then he was like, he was reacting to us saying it, and he was just getting so angry, understandably so, of course, because yeah. you know he wanted to win the twenty thousand dollar grand prize, yeah. and he felt like he had the chance to win, and he'd be sweating for a week straight. Um, getting like an LE, transferring a load of GP to get it, getting like max best in slot gear and stats. So um, he was, you know, understandably pissed off. Um, but then that clip went viral. XQC responded to it. Um, <laughs> there's another moment actually, which uh, went quite viral, which was myself and Boaty were casting at an Insomnia Gaming Festival event, which is like a little game convention up in Birmingham, I think it was, many years ago. Yeah. Um, back in like 2015, 16. And we had head headphones on, yeah. but they weren't like the one, you know, the clip I'm talking about. They weren't the proper headphones. About, yeah. And because we're, because we're gamers, right, and went to take off our headphones and like Adam goes to take his off and they're not there because they're like in-ear things. And then I go to the exact same thing and I'm just like so confused, like looking for my headphones. Um, so the next morning, actually, after that event, we, we like did that casting event, had a great time, went like drinking afterwards and such and had a nice meal and everything. Woke up the next morning, rather hungover, and I get a message from my brother, um, and he's like, Ian, you're on the front page of Reddit. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and so I open up my phone, and there it is, like, literally front page of Reddit, top wow. post of the day. Adam and I taking off our headphones, and it was like my five minutes. Everyone gets the, like, five minutes of fame, right? And that was, yeah. that was like, it for me. And it was, oh, that's awesome. that was a very bizarre experience. But that really... yeah, I've only got... Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, that really is one of, like, the all-time greatest clips. Just both of you just... It's like NPCs, basically. I mean, you're just, like, so used to taking this thing off, and you both yeah. do it. It's just awesome. Yeah, very nerdy. And there's, another, there's one more DMM thing that happened. I was casting with Elliot once, and actually, it's two parts. Elliot is a very funny guy, and he's got no filter. I've got two memorable experiences with him, which just made me feel so shit, but are really funny to look back on. One was um, we were casting at a RuneFest, I think it was, like, hosting. And we were doing a tournament, and um, we were talking about something, and I was something like, I said something like, "Oh, you're one of my best mates, Elliot," and he was like, "All right then." Anyway, moving <laughs> on, the whole crowd just <laughs> laughed at me. And then there was another one where I was interviewing Nightinator. I don't know if you've seen this clip. I'll send it to you later. I was interviewing Nightinator with Elliot at a uh, tournament where she was on stage. It was like a, a Wilderness Wars one. It wasn't like a DMM or anything. We had four creators that had like their Twitch chats, like 50 to 100 people sign up with them. And there were like bosses that would randomly spawn. It was a really cool concept. They'd be in the wilderness with all their teammates. They'd go to kill the bosses. If they kill the bosses, they get like all get like upgrades and they'd all fight each other in the last clan standing basically won. Um, and I was always a nightmare about it. Like, um, you know, kind of interviewing her on stage about it. And then she goes to put her headphones back on again. And I didn't realize, and I kept talking, like asking her a question. Oh, and she's just no. back in the get. She's just back in the game. And I'm like, oh, oh all right then. <laughs> well, good luck, nice and later. <laughs> and then Elliot just goes into the microphone, denied. <laughs> and that clip is on Twitch. And just, oh man, I get roasted for that every now and then from my Twitch chat. But yeah, it. some 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 great memories uh, of of, uh, of the casting. I've got, wait, one more that I'll talk about was with skill specs at a TwitchCon. And we went out to TwitchCon to cast this DM tournament. We were on stage, and on that stage was like, um, it was right in front of the merch line. So me and him on this massive podium, sitting down with this massive screen behind us of DMM going on. It was being broadcast live, but also live at the venue. There was a little little crowd in front of us, and then just behind the crowd, there's just, yeah, just massive loop of people all waiting to get merch from TwitchCon. And they had nothing to do except 
either look at their phones or look up at us, which was just being broadcast, and we were like, you know, talking into the microphone. And something went like really wrong. I think it was the one where Wooks was tick eating in the fog. And so we were just there trying to like explain what was going on. And there were like hundreds of people just being like, what the hell is happening right now? That was a, an interesting experience. But well, I've, got, I've got nothing but good good memories of DMM, to be honest. Even when everything goes wrong or, you know, yeah. there's like drama happening or DDoSing happening, it's kind of out of our control. And it's always, you know, I, I got paid for it. And I got to be there with my friends and with, you know, all the J mods that I'm. I'm good, good friends with as well, and get to be a part of something bigger than myself. It's uh, yeah, something I'm always going to look back on with with fond memories, to be honest. And hopefully, even though I don't think Demon Finale might come back in the same way it has done, I do pray that we have all stars or invitational events. And yeah, given my track, given my track record, I I do really hope they obviously invite me back. Partly, I'd love to get paid again. It's a it's a great yeah. thing to get paid for doing something that you love. But on top of that, it's just cool to be a part of um so yeah fingers crossed for the future and great for the the community too yeah i also think it's cool that because you have been doing them since 2015 uh it's really i don't know i mean you know you're going back to like the paid for exposure thing besides the whole like you know that that's that you should have been paid <laughs> you should have been paid yeah, for the first two dice, yeah. but, but i mean it's really cool because like we, i just see you now and i'm like oh like i mean inevitably you're going to be the next you know commentator of something that now that's not a guarantee or anything but me just as part of the community and i'm sure many many others just think oh like you are one of the commentators you know for these events and i just think that's a great position to uh have because you are great at it so it's just it feels very natural um speaking of skiddler elliot said elliot asks two questions where the fuck has your hairline gone, and why is everything on your barbecue burnt? And then West Ham responds, I hope he knocks you out next RuneFest on God. <laughs> now, if I could knock Elliot out, I would for that comment, but we all know that Elliot is much stronger, thicker, and hent- more hench than I am, so I don't think that's going to happen, plus I couldn't hurt a fly. But, um, so to answer the first question... Yes, I have a massive forehead. I always have done, which surprises me why Elliot asked this question, because, again, many memories. Again, another memory of with, with Elliot being at the Dead Man Mansions, getting to uh, to host one of the mansions with him and cast the finals. And I, that was such a wild experience. We had, like, this mansion. Uh, I need to talk about this very quickly. Yeah. We had this mansion um, booked out, and Elliot and I were, like, looking after basically five content creators, because we just put ourselves up for it and thought it would be fun, and we were also streaming from the, from the place, too. And I think a week beforehand, the mansion had been like broken into. Um, oh, so there were like these, they were like these, what are they called? NOS pellets, or whatever they call the things where people like put them into these machines and like, I don't know, basically all always like drug paraphernalia left around this place. Like there was like marijuana buds on like the radiators and like leaks in the ceiling. Jesus. And it was. It was it was a strange experience, but everyone had like bedrooms with like ensuite bathrooms, and Elliot and I were just sleeping on this floor with this mattress just cuddled up next to each other for like a week straight. Um, <laughs> but even, even, even oh yeah, for a week straight. But even even back then, El, I still had a massive forehead. Unfortunately, genetics do be how it do be. I'd like to say that it's my big brain that's in here, but we all know that's not true. So, yeah, unfortunately, I do have a massive forehead, and I'm reminded of it daily by my Twitch chat with the forehead command and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, it is what it is. Can't change it, but, hey, we embrace it. As for my barbecues, um, again, a bit of a meme. A while ago, I, I think it was a year or two ago now, I put a tweet out, which was me... It was, it was basically 
we have these like uh, disposable barbecues, which is like a tray with a bit of charcoal in it. Mm-hmm. And they look really sad. It's not a proper barbecue. It's not how I normally do barbecues. But one night, it was a nice evening. I didn't feel like, you know, doing a proper barbie. I just wanted to grill some sausages kind of thing um, outside and get some sunshine. So I have this picture on Twitter floating around of just this chair in front of a couple bricks on the floor with this little barbecue on top of it. It just looks really sad and depressing <laughs> now that I look back on it. And I kind of got memed to shit about it. But I kind of... It's like, as any creator, right? If you get... If you get like flame for something, or you get meme for something, like you gotta just take it in your stride. And yeah. end of the, at the end of the, at the end of the day, you know, content's content, right? So yeah. you just kind of embrace it and grow with it. So yeah, I started posting barbecue pictures um, occasionally on Twitter and getting sometimes flamed for them. And one one of them was uh, I don't think they were burnt, but I don't know. I, whenever I have a barbecue, I like a bit of charcoal on my barbie. You know, yeah. I like a little bit of um that 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 stuff on the on the outside of the sausages. But absolutely. Um, but yeah, Elliot's a bit of a. Uh, a bit of a snob when it comes to food. Um, one Runefest, I remember. Well, to be fair, quite rightly so. He's he's got balls. Like if if you're gonna go to a restaurant, when I've been to restaurants or gone out for food of Elliot, if something's not good or like to a high standard, not only will he like make it known to people, he will complain and like ask for either a refund or like send the food back and ask for it to be re- reprepared again if it's not to like the standard that he's ordered it. Which like you know, understandably, yeah. if you're ordering yeah. food and such, like that's what you got to do. Just a lot of us. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a bit, bit timid, and I don't want to cause problems or yeah, that's anything like that. Are very but, timid. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I wouldn't. I don't really care. I'm not that fussy of a of an eater anyway. So it's but, it's um, great to have a friend like that that will. It like, is. You go with them, and you're like, all right, we're getting a, we're getting double meals, boys. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Or like I said, I would I would never have been you know put on the payroll if it wasn't for Elliot. Yeah. Like quite rightfully, kind of sticking his you know asking for the payment in the first place. So yep. yeah, big ups to well to be honest. And also, stop being a cheeky cunt, but yeah, I do love you, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, it actually brought up something just kind of of like what you're worth as a content creator. And I know it, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, I mean, I'm not going to lie. The exposure is great and all, but yeah, you are worth something. But then again, probably at the time, you're probably exactly like me. If, if Jagex invited me out to go commentate and there was no pay questions there i'd be like uh you know what i really don't want to like maybe have this go a different way where they get somebody else out so uh, like i would probably be in the same place kind of but now i i guess with um at least when it comes to sponsorships and things like that like i feel like i do have a pretty firm grasp of somewhat what i'm worth and so now when things are brought up and i i kind of say this more as like advice to uh um i guess like smaller creators and people that are like up and coming it's like you just pretty much if you're not comfortable with a certain like situation or like in regards to finances when it comes to sponsorships or like just opportunities you're given like it's way better to just be very upfront about it and then there's no questions and then there's no awkwardness and things like that like yeah. I was offered one in particular, and I just basically stated, and it was fair. It, I'm not like asking for extreme things. Like I pretty much know what I'm worth, but these, this company was lowballing, and so I just straight up said, like I, I don't even want to be in this conversation because, like, I can clearly tell you guys are going to be shorting me money and stuff. So I'm just going to straight up say what I want, and then they were like, oh no, we can't do that. And then I was like, okay, great, end of conversation. That went so much nicer. Uh, we were still polite about it. I mean, I was trying to be as polite as possible, but it's like sometimes it's better to just lay everything out right up front. 
Absolutely, yeah, you got to know your worth. Like, I guess it comes down to as well. You mentioned earlier, you asked me how different Twitch has changed and the whole like kind of content creation scene has changed since I started doing it. And like I said, even back then when I first started casting, it was kind of still a hobby, and I wasn't really making much money from it, if, if any money. I was just doing it for fun. Um, whereas that that whole scene's kind of changed in the last ten years um, now a lot. Um, and even even now, like sometimes I don't really know my worth. Um, like a month or two ago, I was sponsored for like a month straight. And what I was paid, I thought was like quite reasonable because of payments that I've had in the past from other sponsorships. So I was like, oh, this seems fine. And then I really didn't know like 100% I was getting other sponsorship offers. So I ended up actually mentioned Mason. I actually ended up signing up to Crusader Gaming. God bless them. And they got me a sponsorship recently, which what I was getting paid for the month of advertising this company. I basically have to add, I've got another sponsorship coming up from a company that I really like as well, a product that I really like for one day. Which was basically paying me the same as one month. Wow. So like, it's uh yeah, there are there are a lot obviously business is business right, and yep. people are going to try and take advantage of you. One thing for new creators I'd say is stay away from affiliate stuff. Yep. Um, it's just not worth at all, and they are getting so much more out of you than you are out of them. Unless you're like, it's a product that you really really love, and you want to like kind of get a good um reputation. Yeah. With them and kind of have like a, a bit of a back and forth, and then with the the whole you know goal of one day changing that affiliate into a into something more but um yeah it's it's a, it's a difficult market to navigate for sure um and i'm really glad that i ended up signing with crusader recently because it's something that i like i said about earlier like not wanting to kind of bring up that my food isn't cooked perfectly or yeah. you know wanting to complain or ask for money or anything like that it's something that i really i do not like negotiating i don't like talking about yeah, money really either it's, it's not bad. something that's like at the forefront of my mind so yeah um but you got but you have to know your own worth and that's just something that's going to come with speaking to other creators about stuff um as well as kind of maybe getting some representation or some advice from other people don't be afraid to like talk to people about it and all that kind of thing because it should be talked about more really it's like having salaries known and all that kind of stuff is important for for normal business right so people can be competitive and no people aren't being you know under underrepresented and all that kind of stuff so mm -hmm. in the content creation scene it definitely you should talk to your friends about it and all that kind of thing yeah <clears throat> All right, we, you know what, we'll bring this up briefly because uh, there were a few, you know, people that love to uh, grab the uh, notable, maybe, uh, regrets of creators and stuff or, you know. Here we go. <laughs> but uh, m m people, <laughs> I'll just read this one by SLB Campeo. He asks, is crafting, is crafting skill that hard since you needed a second hand to level up for you? So I guess, uh, and let me also just preface this again. I know I love prefacing things, but there is a, I mean, this, when you put yourself in the public eye, there mm -hmm. are people that watch you and they will never, ever, for whatever reason, let any, any mistake, or even if it's not a mistake, something they didn't like, they will never let it down till the end of time. And uh, I've seen it with many creators that I've had on where they make, you know, a mistake, they say something wrong or they messed up in some way and it's haunt it just haunts them for years and it it doesn't have to haunt them particularly but from an outside's perspective you can clearly tell people get riled up by things like that for years yeah. and years after so if you'd like to briefly explain this yeah so thoughts. i think that's definitely out of all the things that i've done in 10 plus years of content creation that's probably my biggest slip up where i look back on it like it's done me the most damage i think as a creator to the point where kind of people still bring it up now and I mentioned briefly a minute ago about kind of memeing about things and such and kind of like owning, you know, things that aren't 
necessarily like make fun of yourself kind of thing. Content is content. But that particular situation is something that's kind of gone way out of control, spiraled to the point where it's definitely negatively affected me mentally and it's a bit of a, a shitty one. But uh, like, you, like you mentioned, you know, creators are, are humans too. We make mistakes. We're not perfect. Um, briefly about that specific situation. So first of all, I want to preface this by saying my pure Iron Man, I have done everything myself. I did all the crafting on stream, just saying. <laughs> All my PVM achievements, all that kind of stuff, um, is all done by myself. Uh, I streamed it since 2016. My Hardcore Iron Man, basically two years ago, I think it was two, three years ago now, two years maybe, I made a Hardcore Iron Man um, to try and explore the game as a main account, and the Hardcore hype was kind of like in its in its big time. Everyone was making Hardcores and giving it a go, and I wanted to give it a go as well. I was getting a bit burnt on my pure Iron Man, so I thought, all right, let's make a, a Hardcore Iron Man. But I'd already done all the grinds on my Hardcore and as a streamer, like, at the forefront of your mind is I want to make content, I want to, like, do things that are fun, that people want to watch, all that kind of stuff. So I was feeling a bit burnt out. I had to, you know, do all the grinds I'd already done before. And one of my friends, Pez, at the time, one of my mods, he was like, well, I'm burnt at the game too, but I wouldn't mind playing some hardcore for a little bit. So I gave him access to my account. I said, if you want to jump on, you want to do something, hey, feel free. Just don't do any dangerous content. Don't do any quests, stuff like that. I want to keep that for myself. But if you want to do a bit of skilling grinds, anything that's, like, quite time-consuming... Feel free to do it. Um, to which he did, and I made the mistake of publicly tweeting out, you know, of my own accord, not being like caught. I was very public about the fact that my friend would like play occasionally. Um, account sharing for many years was, you know, it's against the rules, but it's not one of those rules that was enforced unless you're being competitive about it, going for high score rank, all that kind of stuff. So I let him on the account. One day I was like complaining on stream, like, oh, guys, I might not be live tomorrow. I've got to do a bunch of crafting. Or, you know, I don't want to stream because it's boring and I can't be asked. I want to go sandstone mine for a while, etc., etc. Logged in the next day. He'd set up late and he'd, you know, done my, finished off my grind for me, the stuff that I had to do, my sandstone, etc., and like burnt my seaweed and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, holy shit, this is so nice of him. Let me put out a thank you tweet because I'm very appreciative. And everyone knows that I do this anyway, or so I thought. I thought everyone knew because I was public about it on my own stream. But obviously, not everyone watches my streams because people follow my Twitter, and Twitter's a public place, etc., etc. So I tweeted out saying thank you, to which it just kind of got way out of hand. I think what it came down to was people's frustration at Jagex not enforcing the rules, and uh, the mentality that like account sharing shouldn't be like allowed in any way, shape, or form. So it started off as like a bunch of HLC and individuals that don't like that kind of play style and think it should be like you know not not it should be enforced better um just basically making it really public being like blah, blah, um can't believe you shared accounts all this kind of stuff wow creators because obviously as a creator you're kind of you know held to a higher standard and especially because i you know get contracted to, to cast work for jagex as well um assume that you know <clears throat> it's, it's got to be you know set the example and such yeah. so what was meant as me being like totally honest and coming forward and giving a thank you just to one of my mates that like I didn't pay for it by the way I didn't like pay yeah. for services which was against the rules or anything like that he was just a good mate trying to do me a favor and trying to help me out um turned just spiraled way out of control to the point then there were like reddit threads made about it like oh my god this guy this content creator is so bad cancel him and then that and like I said at the time I said something along the lines of like hey it's I totally don't mind you guys using me as an example of like you know this shouldn't be okay and like you know making the conversation of jagex being like you know um, we should start enforcing the rules more but it comes down to like hate the game not the player as well like these rules haven't been enforced for a very long time um, they don't care about it and such it's not like I'm going for ranks I'm just, I wasn't, wasn't paying for service or anything like that um, and things just kind of like blew out of proportion to the point where there was misinformation being spread about me yeah. like on, on Twitter on Reddit 
just just completely crazy things like oh this person's a horrible guy he does all these other things or not gonna give examples but just like things that was completely outlandish just just yep. fully weren't true and the problem is that like once you're kind of you've got that mob behind mob mentality of like this person's bad we don't like this thing things become believable for a lot of people that are outside looking in yep. and even though I've been around for a long time, you know, I'm a, I'm a creator that's been around since 2012, I cast all the DMA tournaments. Like, in the grand scheme of things, I'm not a bit, like, you know, I'm not, like, a booty. I'm not, like, you know, that big of a creator. Not everyone knows me and all that kind of stuff. They know of me, but they don't really know me. They've not watched my streams before or know me as a person. So, you know, people just believe things at face value. They get a few uptokes or whatever because people love upvoting things and love jumping on but hate bandwagons. It just spiraled to the point where it was just, like, Man, I feel like the community fucking hates me now for one little mistake that I made. Yep. Not to mention that, like, I'm not going to name names, but I know so many creators that have paid for people to do their accounts for them or help them out like in whatever shape or form. every single PKing stream that used... Yeah, and ev yeah. Yeah. every well, single one, yeah. basically. Yeah, yeah and, and Iron Men too, and, yeah. and other yeah. creators that have, like, had help from, from people. But, like, at the end of the day, it was... It wasn't meant as like, a, you know, this should be okay. It wasn't like me trying to make a statement. It was just me trying to give a thank you yep. and trying to be honest. But I'm the one that gets <laughs> shot down and like hated by everyone. And now I'm like remembered by a lot of people in their mind as being the guy that bought services or the guy that shares accounts because he's really bad at the game or doesn't want to do his own grinds, which, like I said, isn't true. Like my pure Iron Man's pretty much 2K total level with 90 plus and everything with a bunch of endgame achievements in Final Cape Tebow, Bofa. Dragon Warhammer, like all that stuff I've done myself, spent a long time doing it, which I'm very proud of, but unfortunately overshadowed in some people's minds about the fact that I had a content creation account that I was kind of like just trying to put out some good content, have some fun with, that I got a bit of help on because one of my mates wanted to be kind and, and make things a bit quicker. But like, regardless of how people feel about that rule and about like, you know, account sharing not being, you know, meant to be done or anything like that. Um, it just it was a it was a horrible experience for me personally, like waking up to just scrolling through Reddit and having just loads and loads of hate pointed at me and then at the same time on Twitter too. Just loads of people like retweeting. And even now, like it's a very easy ratio. If you want to get a ratio on me on Twitter, go yeah. for it. Just say don't you like anything that I say, any opinion that I've got about anything, it's like, why should we care about your opinion? Like, you know, you shared accounts. Or if I say something like this should be against the rules, or I'm so glad for example, recently the client bans. Like, I'm so glad this has finally happened. It's played PvP since 2017. Like, clienting and PvP and risk fighting, which is something that I'm very passionate about, has been like completely destroyed by people using cheats and, and AHK and stuff. And I'll be like, I said something like that on Twitter. Like, oh, thank God this is done. And then I have people replying, being like, you've got no room to say, say anything about cheating, you account sharer. And it's like, bro, like, apples and oranges. Like, yeah. it's, it's a bit different, all that kind of thing. So, now it in, definitely, yeah. it definitely does suck. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's, I'm definitely behind the, most of it now it, it has a thing in the back of my mind like oh shit i shouldn't admit this because of trolls and all that but it definitely does suck and it's uh not my best moment <laughs> for sure in 10 years of content creation no it 100 percent sucks and yeah i mean as soon as one little slip up that arguably is not a big deal at all ends up just haunting uh, a content creator because like there's nothing like people want to look for the imperfections and then just rail on them i've been through my own bullshit of yeah. that where and and then the worst part that you had kind of mentioned are just lies i mean like where they'll mix in that and then they'll start saying other just absolute lies on reddit of things that you do and there's no defending yourself so no. at that point, you're just like, okay, well, this sucks because regardless of what I try to do, if I try to just 
for my entire day go through every fucking thread that of of me being mentioned and try to inform people that okay that that part's not true and hey like i apologize like i'm not going to do it anymore or anything like that it doesn't matter because i mean it's just like there's too much there yeah and and i've yeah. seen it with so many creators as well where it's one little slip up just one little thing or and sometimes not even creators just people on twitter they'll just do one thing and now that is what they're known for forever and it's really fucking sad and i have a lot of empathy for it mainly because i've gone through it myself and for those that have never gone through anything like that which is the vast majority of people that have just not been publicly shamed for something it sucks it sucks ass it really is a downer on your mood and mental health completely depending on how big of an impact it is especially as with the content creator where that is your living i mean now you're being publicly humiliated on you know things where you can't even defend yourself it's fucking awful so uh yeah Yeah. it's impossible to basically explain to anybody that hasn't gone through it but it really does suck and try to see a little bit of empathy or try to have a little bit of empathy for these uh believe it or not believe it or not content creators like you said are not perfect people it's uh pretty crazy to think that we're not perfect yeah Yeah. we all all make mistakes um and that doesn't you know necessarily mean that like you know we shouldn't be kind of you know told that um we're wrong we are wrong sometimes all that kind of stuff but equally like people grow you know and people understand and yeah it's it's just one of those like i've been on the internet for a long 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 time and i've been creating like i said for so many years now that it's like i I understand not everyone's gonna like me right you don't have to like me all that kind of stuff but when you have you know just are bombarded with negativity it's very and your and your life is kind of like your career is online and all that kind of stuff it's very hard to avoid so like like recently for example one of my friends has a um a maxed hardcore iron man he's done not done any pvm on one of my close friends one of my mods that i'm seeing next week actually go to twitchcon to go go catch up with him as well and he's like ian i want you to stream this stream this account go do you know all the end game pvm as a hardcore and it's like dude you are crazy if you think I'm going to touch that account. If I log on that account even yeah. once on stream, that's all going to come back. Um, and yeah. like, I don't, yeah, it's I, I just, not it's worth just it. not worth it. It's it, just not worth it. So uh, I, I like, I hate to bring up other examples of this stuff. I'll, I'll yep. only bring up one because, just because I know he, he's totally good and he's moved past it and he even memes on it. But Coxie, you know, I, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, his, bless him. When his script went off. I mean, again, it's like, yeah, he messed up. I mean, it's it's yeah. clearly it's it's clearly cheating, and it's it's a video game. At the end of the day, it's a fuck. It's RuneScape. He didn't want to manually click twenty eight herbs over and over and over and over, so he decided yeah. to cheat and do it. And it's like, okay, that's the end of it. Boom, he got his little um, yeah. you know public shaming and all that. And uh, but I don't know. I just like see things like that, and I'm like, dude. It's I don't know. It's not as deep as I think. People make I it. think it comes down to like it's, it's like I think people like to kind of jump on that mob, mob mentality of you oh know, they love um, it yeah. to you know like feel better. Maybe sometimes I don't know. When I think about myself, when I've been negative online, when I've been toxic in PvP and all that kind of stuff, I look back and I'm like, wow, that was so out of character for me. Like, why am I doing this? Why am I saying these things? Why am I acting this way? And usually it comes down to like I'm not in a good place myself in my yeah. mind. Like I've, I'm, I'm acting this way or getting emotional or getting upset about these things because I'm not happy myself. And I think I'm not, I'm not a psychologist. <laughs> I'm not claiming to be, but I think a lot of it comes down to that as well. People just kind of um, are distracting from their own problems. People are gonna like just think about themselves a bit more. I think sometimes and not get so 
stuck into how yeah. other people are, are doing things. Obviously, there's, you know, some things are right, some things are wrong. Obviously, people have opinions on things. People are passionate. I get that. And, like, fair enough, voice your, your opinion. But when people bring it up and constantly, like, remind people about it years later, it's just not nice. <laughs> it's just horrible. Like, poor Coxie, especially. Yeah. Um, he, he can't get away from that. Like, I've, I've had my fair share of drama with the whole crafting thing and still get it today. But, uh, yeah, Coxie... Um, doesn't doesn't deserve any of that. He's like, he's always been a lovely guy to me, at least, yeah, and absolutely. I really like the dude. So yeah, unfortunate for him. I wanted to bring up just to kind of close off this little topic, but basically, yeah. um, yeah, I used to get really emotional over like really kind of I don't know, just kind of like being harassed over YouTube comments, like some some person in the comments just cutting deep, you know kind of saying something that's like okay this actually kind of hurts like i know it's just internet words and it's clearly probably a guy that's probably not in a great place himself simply the fact i mean it's almost like a hundred percent guarantee that a person's not in a great place if they're going around youtube comments just talking shit and stuff you know what i mean like yeah. you 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 have uh, i mean <laughs> you could be doing anything else right now but you choose to do this so um but what i've noticed is basically the times I get really upset and I dwell on those comments is when I'm not like when I'm I know it sounds really basic and kind of like preachy but it's like when I haven't moved my body like when I haven't exercised or anything it's like when I haven't moved I haven't gone outside those those things dwell I mean I will just nonstop think about it and then I realized I mean this year I've gotten a little bit more into fitness and just like taking daily walks and stuff like dude mm -hmm. I don't think of those people anymore like i don't think of like comments like negative things anymore like my my mind is clear i don't even think about runescape i don't think about money i i just it's like a free like just clear my mind of everything and just take in life and it's really 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 been refreshing for me um to just oh man be able to ignore all that and just take a moment a big moment for myself just getting some exercise so that's been a great help and i want to keep it up that's yeah Oh, that's awesome to hear, man. I'm really glad you've got to that place and, uh, yeah, things aren't affecting you as deeply in that because I, I think that's, like, one of my main goals this year myself as well. Like, recently I've been, like I said, focusing on my my diet and mm -hmm. also just hanging out with friends in the evenings, even if it's just through the computer screen, just yeah. trying to do things. Like, I went to, like I said, on holiday recently. I didn't plan to go to TwitchCon. It's next week. I didn't plan to go until, like, last minute. I was like, man, life's short. I, I want to go do things and I always feel better for, for seeing friends and doing this stuff and I definitely want to get back into fitness by the uh, end of this year as I as I end up moving and all that kind of stuff for my, my own mental health and such. But um, yeah, that balance in life is whatever you're doing, like it's it's key. It's good to have hobbies, hobbies outside of work, um, focus on your health, eat good, sleep good, yeah. um, speak to friends, you know, you're not alone, all that kind of stuff. It's uh, easier said than done sometimes when you're in a rut and things like affect you negatively. Yeah. But like ultimately it's got to come from within and another that, you know, yeah. You've got to be the one to, to change it, and, oh, and yeah. it's hard to make those first steps for sure, as I've found. And sometimes you fall out of it, and like you'll you'll be on a, a high and be doing well, and then something might knock you off the the thing. But you know you can always jump back on the horse, kind of yeah. thing. And Never too only late. thing stop, yeah, only thing stopping you is is really yourself. And it, it sounds corny and all that, but it, it is totally true. And and you are you are great, and you are able to do those things. So yeah, yeah, um, and just being able to block people i mean bl blocking people i mean i'm <laughs> yep. not kidding i i know it sounds like funny but it's like dude genuinely blocking people that are yeah, no, all right. negative that are all negative it's like 
I used to do a thing very briefly. I've always been kind of really used to blocking people. It's really nice and just banning people. But there, I mean, there were times where I'd keep a, I'd keep that around, or like you know, I, I'd maybe kind of like check in, like okay, clearly there's an account on Twitter that's like just you know just fucking hates me or like a person on twitter and like you're kind of curious to see like what they've posted on you just so you can like kind of like have your fake little i don't know revenge i don't i don't it's weird it's like you know you almost like are looking you're like searching for people like the haters you know but then i'm like you know what and it was a brief period where it's just like i don't know you kind of want to see it but then it's like dude your life gets so much better when you just block out all that negativity and i'm not talking about like the occasional thing where it's like a a clear criticism you could work on but i'm talking people that just hate you just get them out of your life they're on the internet even so it's like yeah. even easier than being in person it's like just get rid of them and it's yeah you're in, you're in control of like yeah. i know it's a bit of a meme of the whole like um just it's the internet just get off your pc and walk away kind of thing but like the, the blocking tool is for sure yeah. so useful so i've weird. i found a lot of I, I found a lot of use in that as well and i, I know what you mean about you know kind of sometimes you're, you're in a bad state almost feel like you deserve it or like you want to look for it the negativity and, yeah, you, and then you like yeah, yeah. hone in on it and all that kind of stuff and it's it's a horrible cycle yeah um what, one thing i realized recently too like i have there's a few guys that I'm not gonna name names but that do like persistently kind of like chime in and try and like say things to take digs at me mm-hmm. and recently i one of one of them i like dm i went to like dm has dms open i saw like so i, I clicked dm to like see if we'd ever conversated or anything like that and for years, the guy was like a fan, <laughs> like Jeez. was super nice to me, like talking really nicely, like saying all this uh, stuff about how much he loves my casting and all this kind of stuff and asking me questions about RuneScape. And then like, I never remembered it. Like it was 2017, 2016, 18. And then I, in the past couple of months, I like, okay, his replies to me and it's just all really horrible and negative. It's like, man, I just feel sorry for people like that now. Um, that are just like so stuck in there, you know, negative mindset, like what changed for them? That they're spending yeah. their time to try and bring other people down on the internet um, in such horrible ways. Um, just just block and yep. just ban in Twitch chat and like it's over. Yeah, you can't you can't get too uh too stuck on what other people think about you, especially as a creator. Um, there's gonna be people that like and dislike you, that agree and disagree with you. Yep. But ultimately, it's yeah, you gotta like anything in life, you gotta you know focus on you and the people around you that you care about and the people that are you know important to you and the things that are important to you. Yeah. Okay. Easier said than done, though. I get you. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's tough, and it's just you're always improving. There's never going to be a point where yeah. you can't like get better at it. But Longbows asks, do you think there's a chance OSRS will ever have a successful esports league slash tournament? And just to you know, again, connect or just expand this a little bit, it will e- will OSRS ever just be a successful esport? in general like does it have those i don't know characteristics in a game like yeah is it possible so like i said before in terms of um the league stuff <clears throat> i like the idea of the pp arena that i can bring with the whole self-automated 64 man tournaments and i really hope jx really pursues that and we have like some seasonal stuff that comes out of it over the elo system the first elo system in like competitive gaming in, in old school aside from obviously the game's necklace uh burforp area which has the elo system but no one's playing you know rune link competitively i don't think um in terms of can the game itself can pvp actually be purely competitive when we're playing a rng game where you know you've got an accuracy roll if you hit the opponent or not and then if you do hit it just rolls from you know zero to your max hit mm-hmm. can that truly be competitive um 
It's uh, it's a difficult one. Like, I think there are games out there that are RNG um, based and that do have an element of RNG in them. Like, ultimately, if you're fighting someone that knows what they're doing, that's very very good. They will beat you like 99.9% of the time. So there is skill base in in RuneScape and tribriding and NHing and all that kind of stuff and PKing. Um, but at the top levels, RNG becomes a massive deal. Like catching a freeze, getting momentum over a fight. Um, when you hit people off prayer, are those hits off prayer big hits, or are your hits free prayer the big hits, which are then reduced because of the prayer, um, and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of it's like guessing game, and and all that kind of thing. Um, I think it can be competitive, because um, like what, what is when it comes to like competitive game that is RuneScape or demo mode, I think the biggest tool it is for the game is as a marketing tool to kind of show off the game and people to watch and to enjoy, like esports, um, or like you know why do people watch sports and that and like to watch their their favorite. Um, teams play and, and all that kind of thing. Um, there's a lot of luck involved in all kinds of those situations, and um, it, could, they, could they change it to like reduce or remove the RNG altogether? Like maybe, but then you completely change what NHing is. So, for example, if let's say you got a point, like I remember Adam and I many years ago, we had a a night out and we were drinking and sat by a bar at the end of the night and we were talking about like if we wanted to see a purely um, competitive RS PVP fight, like what would it be? We would be like talked about maybe if like you hit someone off prayer you get a point or if you get a spec off prayer you get like five points or if you like successfully Ooh. um get your tank gear on you like get a point all that kind of stuff but then when you start doing things like that you kind of take away from what an aging is suddenly it's not about um hitting every five game tick cycle with like crossbow and mage and not missing any game ticks trying to keep up your dps but suddenly it's about maybe stalling hits and yeah. like waiting to try and catch your opponent off prayer. and even then like it's a whole guessing game, right? It's like a game of um, mental chess, like where you're trying to be one step ahead of the opponent and kind of pl outplay them and like yeah. make it look like you're going to do a range hit, but you're faking and you're doing something else. And a lot of that comes down to like, well, it's a one in three chance to get it right. So like, how much of that is competitive? And like, long story short, I think I think it is. Even at the state that it is right now, I still think it's competitive. I would love to see something like that in the future. Um, but it sounds like such a massive kind of design work and I don't think anyone at Jagex that works for the team has that PvP expertise to design something like that at the moment mm -hmm. or at least a, a full understanding like the top NHs do in the game um, does that mean it won't ever happen? Like maybe if they brought maybe if they brought on board some people um, to come help them which they've done for like a lot of content like Raids Free recently they got Atty and a bunch of other people uh, Dead Wilson etc to, to come in and kind of test the game out. Maybe they could they could lean on the PVPs in the game and like the PVP Discord they have recently to try and help design something like that. I know we have like a lot of new JMods too. Shout out to Mod Goblin, who's um their most recent addition, I believe, one of our community managers now, who's like very into PVP. Um, used to work for Method. Um, he used to be my boss at Method as well, and he knows a lot about RuneScape. He plays an Iron Man, all that kind of stuff. But he's he's big on PVP and competitiveness. Maybe one day we can get something like that. I think it's probably. A big thing to ask for, especially considering that, like I said, the dev restraints and how little dev time we have on PvP and with the state that PvP's in right now. Um, I just really hope we still get tournaments and, you know, that we still get these uh, opportunities for the community and the people that love to watch it and that love to partake in it just keep happening, which I don't think they're going away anytime soon, even though they're going to be in the same form they've been in in the past with the demo finals. Um, but there's, there's a lot of things they could do. Like I said about the whole point system, they could do something like that. Um, but even as it is right now, like you put someone like ten thirteen up against even the best best Brits in the game, and like 
ninety percent of the time, ten thirteen is going to beat them. Yeah. Um, or someone like Panic, even. Yeah. Like he's very good too, and he knows the game to a T. Um, and there are people that are just still getting better and better, and that you know the, the top players in the game. Yeah, there's still a lot of luck involved, especially in like a best of three or a best of one or whatever. But there's a lot of skill too. You know that the, the mm -hmm. people that make it to the top sixteen DMM finals consistently are the same people. They are like the best in the game and then the best in the game by by quite a margin as well so so um i i like to ask uh i've had a dedicated pkers on uh the cast before and i always like to like bring up little <laughs> ideas and they're not very well thought out so if you have any like points or anything but i always wondered like okay so what if pvp you know, you're 1v1-ing somebody. What if you actually could not do any damage if you prayed correctly? Like, if you prayed melee and they AGS you, it's a guaranteed zero. Um, so, same, same thing goes with range yeah. and age. And the other thing is if... Okay, well, there, there's two options for this one. It's either if they don't have prey mage up, you're guaranteeing a freeze, or just remove freezing altogether. So you still mage them and do you know a lot of damage if they're not praying mage because you know you want all three styles clearly but there's just no freezing anymore so there's not like that huge oh well, i got the advantage i'm now walking under you for the next 18 fucking seconds like is yeah is there potential for those ideas i don't know so it's again it's like leads me to the the whole thing i just said about the point system it just it radically changes the meta of nhing mm -hmm. um where suddenly like um, hitting off prayer becomes more important than maybe having the right gear on, for yeah. example. Um, or or in general, like if you're hitting zeros for, on the right prayer, suddenly it's not a case of like every five ticks you want to be changing attack styles and keeping up DPS and keeping that rhythm going, that momentum, but you're going to be stalling ticks and like suddenly going for like six ticks or seven yeah. ticks to try and ensure you're always getting hit off prayer. And that still like sounds like a lot of skill involved. Um, maybe more, more skill, you know? Sounds... But again, still... But and still, again, it's like, yeah. yes, yeah. But again, it's still like a lot of luck involved, a lot of RNG. There's always going to be an element of RNG, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. That's what RuneScape's built on, right? In all portions of the game, um, with drops, with um, the hits that you hit in PVM as well as in PvP. I guess not in skilling. Skilling's not really in our RNG when you get to the top levels when you're doing all the methods like free tick and one tick. But yeah, yeah it, um, it, I think it would like. Well, I would love to see it in action, and there's probably some things I just haven't even thought of that are clear, like, oh, well, that wouldn't work because of this. But seriously, I mean, just getting rid of you ever being frozen, um, and I would yeah. just love to see this be tested. Clearly, it would completely drastically change the game that we all know for the you know, past 20 years. But, like, just an arena, there's you're still mage. It's still all the same, like, gear layouts, but you cannot get frozen. You can still mage them, and all prayers that you protect will always deal zeros in fact i actually just thought of another idea what if it was a recoil so if you do hit a if you were to ags whack a guy and he put on prey melee you would actually take like two damage you'd take like a recoil okay. actually so it's even more than just okay i don't want to lose this hit but i'm actually going to get reflected damage i don't know yeah it's like and, and then there's other things like i said about the whole like point system maybe you just don't have hp suddenly so you're like you're not having to eat. All you're doing is focusing on your switches constantly until one person hits a hundred points or whatever it may be. Um, True. Just um, change, changing things up. Yeah. Um, yeah. In, in a purely competitive scenario, all these ideas are really cool and be really interesting to watch. There's like a, some dev time constraints and kind of like, you know, fanning out what's the what's the best uh, way to do it. 
But sure, any any changes, right? Any changes to the meta? Like every PvP game has meta shifts, has things radically changing, and RuneScape's kind of remained very stale for so many years PvP-wise, which I think is another reason why it may have died out. Even the people that have been PKing for a long time, myself included, kind of get bored of the repetitive nature of it. There's only so many times you can, you know, one tick AGS spec someone or do like a, you know, a a Gmall spec MSB Insta or whatever it may be and, and switch your items so many times that it's just the same thing over and over and over. At least with PVM, you get more bosses, new mechanics to kind of perfect and yeah. um, different gears and stuff. We do get different updates. Occasionally, PvP every few years, we'll have like recently the Harmonized Orb, I think was one of the coolest ones that we got, which I like to PK with a lot still today. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I would like to see any, any stuff like that I'm definitely in favor for. Um, in the actual wilderness itself, um, you asked me earlier about like any wilderness changes or PvP changes I like to see. Mm-hmm. One thing that I don't enjoy very much, Deep Wilderness, is like the 115 HP camp meta of like prey melee if you drop below like 80 and just spam bruise and get away really easily by freeze hugging someone. I find main PKing really boring, which is why I like Pure so much because yeah. there's less of that RNG. Like, still, there's RNG in terms of do you hit a zero to a max, but when you go for an accuracy roll, like nine times out of ten, you're going to hit on a Pure. Yeah. And it's like there's less it's like exciting. room to breathe if you if you make a mistake it's gonna like cost you. Um, there's more momentum shifts like you can get comebacks and suddenly kill someone even though you've been down the whole time because you yep. do everything right for a, for a couple couple hits. Um, so that's something I like to see in in main PKing and like in PvP entirely. But then it's like negative drawbacks in terms of like suddenly PVM is gonna be if people are like easier to kill and more damage is being done, then suddenly the people that don't want to be killed like the PVM is in the wilderness or the newer PK is in the wilderness. I find it even harder to last against those good PKers and like the gap that we already have from like really, really good to kind of okay or new is like even more stretched um, and it's even harder for them. So like it's a it's a difficult one. One idea that I had that I suggested recently was like some amulets, which are like almost like consensual PvP amulets where both players have to wear them. Um, but by wearing them, maybe like the Darok effect, not maybe necessarily increasing your KO potential in terms of damage output, but let's say you get you lose like 50 HP or under 50 hit points or under 30 hit points, your accuracy is like doubled. So yeah. if you are staying low and you are risking it, high risk, high reward kind of thing on mm-hmm. someone else that's also using the amulet, um, it might change up the meta a little bit more as opposed to everyone just safing and not wanting to die because of ego or yeah. risk or whatever <laughs> it may be. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Okay. A cold one asks, BH Crater, return of free trade BH or BH1? Which was your favorite? Oh, damn. So all the different bounty hunters. Um, man, I've got such fond memories of all of those. So when I, like I mentioned before, I was a free to hippie care for many years. I was a free to hippie care back in original BH creators, free to 55, 50, 50 to 100, and 100 plus were the free worlds back in free to play. So I originally, like, I was a free to hippie care, like level 57 combat, and the BH creators came out. And I was like, damn, I can't PK anymore because if I want to PK, I'm against all these level 90s. On level 57, I won't stand a chance. So I made a new pure, which I PK'd all the way from like 40 to 56 combat in BH, um, which to be fair isn't that much when you're only playing like an hour or two after school. Um, it was just every day coming back, PKing for months on end. And then I got to 56 combat and I was so sad. I was like, damn, now I'm 56 combat. I have to go to the next bracket or make a new pure. This sucks. And then the week later, actually, the BH Worlds came out pre-AOC, which was like um, EP system and all that kind of stuff and having to, to wait for your EP to go go up again. So I, I spent years in those worlds as a free-to-play PKer and then the BH world we have now is obviously the old school one, which 
I also PK'd for a long time. I think even though I haven't really BH'd much, only re-H'd on the release, I think one of my accounts is like rank couple hundred, like top couple hundred, although I barely did it, apart from the uh, on the on the original release, I think got like a couple thousand kills. But um, I, yeah, it's so hard to compare them all because they're all different times and nostalgia goggles and all that. Like looking back, you have fond memories, maybe not necessarily because the actual mechanics themselves were the most balanced or the most fun, but because we were all noobs and <laughs> kids. And usually when you look back on things with you know fond memories, you only remember the good and not necessarily the bad. Yeah. Uh, so the first BH creator, the negatives of it were that you could like team people, which was good for me because I had a bunch of friends that sat in the middle of the creator. People would teleport to target to us and then we'd like 2v1 them <laughs> in free to play, which was a bit busted. And they won't be able to escape even on like swordfish or lobsters or whatever that people used back then. Um, that was fun, but yeah, I don't know. It was kind of a, I don't know if it would, it would last as well today as it did back then. Then the BH2 was kind of the EP system rewards, and I didn't like EP personally. I found it fun back then because um, it was enjoyable to, you know, occasionally get a corrupted weapon as a freezer play PK, or I think the corrupted battle axe, I got that once, and it was like worth a hundred rune scimitars, like three mil. I was like, oh my god, I PK'd three mil, holy shit, I've got so many simis to, to PK with now, I'm so rich. Um, and again, I PK'd for years in free to play on that account that I got to, that was 56 combat when BH came out. I was probably like 70-something strength, and I PK'd in free-to-play exclusively all the way to like almost 99 strength Jesus. from just free-to-play running around. I put in a lot of hours for, for many, many years doing that, and then I even, I'm pretty sure I got 55 to 85 mage for TB when that was made free-to-play from just binding people and occasionally alking whilst PKing around Fist of Gothic's area, the wilderness. Yes. <laughs> um, free-to-play was so fun, man. It's just so simple. Like, always active, several thousand people in the world. You could PK in singles, and it was just like a quick little, you know, rune simi to rune 2H. Or you could go multi, there were always clans out fighting each other, um, running up to the hill giants or to the chaos altar or the old bounty hunter area. So good. But again, it's like, you know, memories looking back, always fond of them. And I guess I was more, I more enjoyed the, like, the activity levels as opposed to maybe the mechanics. Cause right now, we could not have EP system in the game now. It just wouldn't work. Um, People wouldn't like it, you know, like you kill someone for a bunch of money and you get 12 pike and some mithril chain body and all this kind of stuff. You're like, what the hell? I should have got 10 mil cash. So I don't think EP system would work nowadays. Um, so, yeah, uh, I like the old, the old BH we had, BH1, like Edgeville yeah. kind of style. Also minus five levels, you got a target. You had to kill that target if you didn't want the tar target. You had to like skip them or get a penalty where maybe you couldn't get more targets and have to like sit out for a while that kind of thing and then you have the, the whole emblem system I like the risk versus reward aspect of the emblem like I mentioned earlier if you want to get more money you've got to risk a high level emblem if you die for it the opponent gets it and then you got to start from level 1 all over again kind of thing if you somehow make it to level 10 like boom that's like load more points um, compared to just getting a bunch of level 1s so something that can be sold for you know 2 mil GP and suddenly each of your kills are worth you know a couple hundred K as opposed to just like 100k for getting normal tier 1s so yeah I, I really like the old BH and I I hope they bring it back. I hope we have a reward system with it. Um, I look forward to seeing what they do at the end of the year with that. I have a strange question to ask. So, with all of your knowledge of RuneScape, mm -hmm. if you could choose one time period in RuneScape to go back to and just absolutely take advantage <laughs> of just, like, everything you know, you know? Like, what time period would you want to go back to with all your knowledge? Um, oh god, there's two ways to answer this. One is like, do I wanna be a rat and like go back to when pie hats were released and make a fortune by selling gold ten years later, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. The other, the other is, um, 
like in terms of like PKing and such and like have a lot of fun with the game. Um, I could go back to like 2006, like Mahatma kind of days and that and Elf Mage and all that and then be the Mahatma of that generation but no F keys and like all that kind of thing and also I don't know like being really good compared to everyone else that's really bad I don't think it'd be fun really? like stomping everyone I don't think it would be like you'd just be too good compared to everyone else everyone's just like complete noobs and you're just sitting around like what do you do yeah. um, I, I think there's more to it though because you would be like a god amongst men you I would mean, be a you, god yeah people you would, would see enough. you and you were just annihilating everyone out in the wilderness like that's what I'm thinking I guess, I'm just... yeah yeah true <laughs> I guess I guess that's when then yeah like 2006 2007 back when like yeah. The wilderness was in its absolute prime. Like everyone was kind of newbie, yeah. and those PK vids started to get really popular, and people were like, "Oh my god, it's Elf Mage or, or Mahatmer or, or whoever it is mm-hmm. um, in the wild." And that that that's yeah, that's probably the the era that I go back to. But um, if I wanted to, like I said, become filthy rich, yeah. release a party hats, crackers, <laughs> stock up on multiple accounts, literally, um, yeah, yeah, buy out all of them. Well, not all of them because then it, history would have changed probably. But yeah, just get a fair yeah. fair few of them. Get get a bunch, yeah. yeah, and also stake and all that kind of stuff. Odd stake people move on stake, mm-hmm. barrage stake. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's really crazy even to think just in old school's history. Well, by the way, I mean it's almost been out for a decade, so I guess it's not. Mm-hmm. That's so weird to think 2013 was nine years ago, because that still feels like yesterday. But um, yeah, I mean even looking back then with everything, I mean nobody knew anything about the game even then. I mean, yeah, you knew more than you did when you were like five, but like I don't know. Maybe like, even like in terms of old school's period, even like seven years ago eight years ago mm-hmm. if you go back that long at least the game like had you know like good um you had f keys you had a few bosses god was dungeon return that kind of stuff you go back to all the way to 2006 and that like aside from PKing, like what else do you do kill the kbd and calfite queen in the game yeah. so it'd be a bit be a bit boring to have to wait so many years for everyone to catch up and it's <laughs> true all the updates you want to, to happen okay <clears throat> eviescape bringing it back up if you could only eat one thing for the rest of your life what would it beans <laughs> <laughs> yeah like i used like i said it's nostalgia food i like it um if i could eat one food for the rest of my life um most people would say like pizza right because you can have all kinds of different toppings on pizza everyone loves pizza i'd probably say pasta maybe like a type of pasta okay. i don't know i really enjoy meatball pasta with loads of veggies um so do you Something like more like tomato that. based or would you like Alfredo or yeah. like some white sauce based? Yeah, I'd say I'd say tomato based. Um big fan of pasta. Um with lots of lots of vegetables in it, like I said, or or a pizza. I don't know, because yeah. like it's like a trick question. If you say pizza and you say with the you know preface that I can change the pizza every day, it's not really one food, yeah, is it? Yeah. The rest of your life is a bit of a bit of a cheat. It's um, like saying seafood. That's that's my go to, just seafood. That's what I would eat for the rest of my life. I love yeah. seafood. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I'll go on then, Evie. Yeah. Beans on toast. Is that what you want to hear? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> there we go. That's the answer we were looking for. <laughs> um, okay. Uwu Amy asks, who are, in your opinion, the best PKers of all time? And how about upcoming PKers to watch out for? Also, love the hat collection and love you. Oh, much love, Amy. Love you too. Um, so... Best PKers of all time. Like I mentioned earlier, Mahatma. He was like the big inspiration for me to 
make a uh, an elf mage as well to make a pure and like do pure PKing back in free to play in the early days. I just remember seeing a video of his, which was like him being so cocky and arrogant, being like, "How that defense pot taste taste good?" As he like yoed <laughs> people, and I was like, "Oh, that's so cool!" Like listening to all the the old uh, the old music back in the day and. Um, Elf Mage again was like a cool one. He was twenty defense for a while. The Mystics and all that. That was that was fun to watch. Um, there's like the icons that I kind of grew up with. All their PK videos. In terms of like all time best PKer though, um, in recent years, I gotta I gotta put some respect on my man Odeblock because like all round he is extremely extremely good. In terms of like Venge Risker especially, he is one of the best. Um, and it's the reason what I would say would be the best PK is someone that can do all different styles of PKing, not just a one trick pony that's only good in one certain style. And Oda's like click pre precision, his understanding of the game tick system, despite never doing PVM uh, or skilling, is really phenomenal. Um, he's really good at NHing too. He got like, to the top eight in the recent DMM finals, um, even though he doesn't really NH anymore. Um, and then like pure PKing he can do, main PKing he can do, like I said. I'd say, as like in terms of well known players, he's probably one of the best all round in terms of like um NHing specific i got to say people like abu uh 1013 uh probably the names that that come to mind um i like west ham a lot he probably wouldn't put himself as one of the top pkers but i just really love his videos recently he's been killing it so shout out to him oh yeah great videos um yeah great videos and in general like he's a really really good nature too yeah. um who else PK is again like it, it It comes down to when it comes to entertainment value I'd say that my favorite or best PK is from all the years that I've been watching Twitch and all that I'd say Adam's a very good one to watch even though he doesn't really PK much anymore I watch his recent LMS videos extremely entertaining the way like he talks about what he's doing and such and just his overall excitement obviously he loves the game still very passionate and he's not really PK much anymore but his old PK videos too like the one man army series and such iconic um, pre-year so I used to watch him PK as well um, one of the guys that got me into PKing and made me start YouTube actually. My biggest kind of uh, inspiration was Adwan, who you had on I yeah. think last week or two weeks ago. Yeah. Um he used to make videos of anti rushing and I was a I was a noob, didn't do any YouTube back then and all that kind of stuff. Um so I ended up watching his vids, finding him in game in the high risk world. He used to have like a low level account with like vengeance and like Debo anti rush the claw rushes and like make loads of money. I was like, oh my god, this guy's so cool. And so I met him in game and gave him like this green dragon mask from like Blue Scrolls. <laughs> and he wore it in his next video and I was fanboying so hard. And that's what like inspired me to start making an anti rusher and start getting into high risking and all that kind of stuff on, on my own YouTube. So shout out to Adwan. Uh, skill specs in recent years. I've watched Jay. I've been friends with Jay for like almost 10 years now. And he's just so entertaining. Even though he's not necessarily anywhere near the best PKer. He's not bad. He's good. He just takes a lot of dumb risks and just plays the game for fun. And he's very entertaining. Um, can't get enough of, of Jay, really, um, when it comes to PKing. Um, yeah, those are some of the names that I would probably shout out as some of the, the best okay. PKers. Expanding, expanding on that, Hootie Tootie, who we're also going to be having on the Sebe cast next week, nice. he asks, what is, in your opinion, the best OG PK video on YouTube? OG you PK video? Like, yeah, like I said, that that um hatma video where he says how that death pot tastes like that's like that's the greatest sticks out in my mind is yeah. like the one that that kind of influenced me the most and kind of made me want to make a pure and watching that i got like very fond memories and such and like all of elf mage 
PK vids are slappers, mostly because of the like the PK itself was really good back then as well, especially he was like quite a way ahead of everyone else. But the music choice is absolutely incredible. Like when I look back at that era, all of the rock music and music that he used there, so many of us grew up with like PK has grew up with that kind of music and it's very nostalgic for people. So his his vids just popped off every time Elf Mage. Yeah. Okay, I'm looking at a picture right here from Father Eric. He says, can you tell us what the fuck was going on behind the scenes at the Dead Man Mode tournament live cast with your height versus Aiza? I have no idea what you're talking about, man. Not a, <laughs> not a clue. Okay, first of all, were you on like a stool? I am like... Yeah, yeah basically. You were legit with... like a foot taller than Aiza. Yeah. I so, love the meme, so, though. 5'11", 6'11". Yeah. Ben's... Um... Ben's an absolute legend, man. Nothing but good things to say about Ease. I'm very proud to call him our head of community manager now. Yeah, he's um, we we basically we were about to cast, and then we found this. T- he he didn't want to look too short compared to me. He's not even short, but I'm I'm six foot, and he's a few inches shorter than me. So he was like, oh, I don't want to, you know, look a bit <laughs> a bit too small on the camera and that. Um, so he he found like a stool. And he was like, as a joke, oh, I'm gonna stand on this, you know, to make, make us look the same height. And then he stood on it, and he ended up being taller than me. And I was like, wait, no, we can't have that. And then we, like, joked around, like, wouldn't it be funny if, you know, in between camera shots, we kind of changed positioning. And by the end of it, like, you're just really massive, like, much taller than me. And I, like, duck down a little bit, and I'm just looking up to you or something like that. Well, like, dead um, serious, his face is just so, yeah. looking up at you, like, totally casually, just... Oh it was God. basically that, and then right at the end, the last scene, I think I stood on it, so I was literally several feet taller than him. <laughs> just completely different, but yeah, it was just a last minute kind of being silly, and uh, a lot of people picked up on it and found it quite funny. So, again, you know, casting, a lot of it's the whole uh, entertainment aspect, and and we had a lot of fun with it, so, yeah. Okay, here's a question. We, we've covered a couple of these already, um, but I'll just list them off anyway. The main one I want to focus on is the last one, but... He asks, what's your favorite moment on stream, which we already covered? What is the most GP you have ever made in one session from PKing? And then his final question is, if you were to ever stop streaming, making OSRS content, what would be your dream job? Um, well, I, I am definitely living my G- dream job right now. Um, when I started make, doing videos and streaming, all that kind of stuff, like I said, it was it was for a hobby. And although it has its ups and downs... Partly, you know, I'm personally responsible for that, not necessarily streaming and balance in life and such. Yeah, I, I really, really love streaming and I hope I get to do it for, for many years to come. If I wasn't streaming, I guess I'd like to work in the games industry. I'd like to to get a job, maybe not for Jagex, but yeah, somewhere in the games industry and esports, something like that. Uh, community managerial position would be, I think, a lot of fun, kind of uh, community facing and representing a, a team, all that kind of stuff. I think what both Ben's do, um, Model Light, etc. Social media stuff looks really fun and enjoyable. So maybe I'd like to get to that one day when when streaming inevitably um, doesn't doesn't work out anymore. If RuneScape dies or anything like that, yeah. um, I'd also love to be like being self-employed is such a freedom. It's awesome not being able to you know answer to anyone apart from I guess the Twitch chat and people that support you. Um, it's really cool to kind of have that that freedom and and being your own boss and all that kind of stuff. So I'd love to to start a business one day, but that takes a lot of money and uh, and some kind of great idea. So I don't know. Get back to me in uh, many years to come. Maybe we'll see how where life takes this kind of thing. How much is the most I PK'd in one session? Ooh, um, in old school. Yeah. Um, I've had like I've, back when I used to risk fight a lot. Um, 
like on average you probably make a few hundred mil a day if you were con consistently like good and getting lots of fights and if i had like some bigger risk fights like in the hundreds of mils maybe i could pk like a couple of bill in a good night if it was like a really good night and got a really good rng i've pk'd like one bill here and there off people um or like 1.2 bill like a couple years ago from a guy in full inquisitor back when it was worth you know a bill plus yeah. um nowadays and pre-oc i i was risk fighting as well and i did like party hat fights back when they were worth like 500 mil to a bill pk one of those a long time ago but that was pre-oc so very different if i had that still today my gosh they're worth crazy amounts in runescape free now how much um, are they in in osrs uh, gold crazy I dude i think like some of them are worth like hundreds of bills now or like almost 100 bill and in, swap in... Rates are, like one okay in rs3 and the swap yeah. rates like one to five aren't they one to four so still we're talking tens of tens of bills old school money for a party hat which Damn. is nuts amount um yeah I, nowadays i don't really I, I still pk but like risking is completely different um it's very much very sweaty like for a long time it was a lot a lot of the best pkers kind of turned to risk fighting as like a part-time job and some of them like full-time job making like five figures plus a month from just risk fighting and selling gold um and nowadays because of that like some people, some people are taking it so seriously and just being really good clienting ahk the scene's pretty dead um especially on pures everyone just like camps over full hp and is very very good at the game doesn't really make any mistakes and it's very much rng based as opposed to like necessarily skill based nowadays so i don't really do much risk fighting as well as the fact that like you need the max rng to kill people so it's not very good stream content right to like sesh the same guy for an hour or two waiting for that perfect number yeah. to maybe pk a bit of gp it's just i'd rather like fight in normal pvp worlds have fun get consistent kills even if they're just like worth a couple hundred k a few mil at a time and enjoy it that way um yeah i don't i don't really pk a load of money like i used to a good night for me now i'd say if i pk'd for a few hours would be a few hundred mil like a really good night um otherwise the average that'll pk is like maybe 50 mil to 100 mil in a few hours if i'm like consistently getting getting fights um yeah it's still pretty profitable if you know what you're doing yeah okay um i want to ask you because uh been going for about three hours and uh i have my last topic that i'll ask uh or my little shout out topic that i ask but uh is there anything else that you would like to cover beforehand um i feel i've been talking your ear off for the past three hours no, i'm surprised that no, three hours no, is not at all not at all i love it i love it i'm, I'm surprised the three hours has passed already because my <laughs> gosh it's gone by so quickly it's been an absolute pleasure um any topics that i want to discuss honestly i think you've kind of got a range of things that you've you've got from me um again just yeah just been really happy to be here and it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you and thank you for listening to my my long talks about random things no this has been absolutely fantastic i love it when the guests can just go off because then i just get to sit back and relax and listen so <laughs> i've loved it um well i guess i'll ask you then for three shout outs and i know there's been a lot of shout outs throughout the cast but uh Three in particular, um, maybe even some shout-outs that haven't been listed. I mean, I know one of the most generic ones is Bodhi. I mean, every, I mean, that is yeah. like, what, that's like a, it's, it's basically asking around. for two shout-outs every, every guest because Bodhi's always one of them, but. Um, um, so in terms of like, just a creators, just, like people that I want to uh, say you should check out kind of just, thing. Yeah, pretty much anybody in the community, any player, any viewer, any streamer, any anybody basically um, okay um i guess i'll say shout out to uh 
Um, oh God, you put me on the spot now. Yeah, uh, I have. Like I said, I, I, like I said, I, I watch a lot of skill specs. I mentioned about skill specs before. Absolutely adore Jay. Um, definitely go, go give him some love. He has had his ups and downs, like I mentioned before, about with content creation and mm -hmm. being in lulls and and love for the game and uh, mental health and stuff. And and he's recently been absolutely killing it. And I'm really proud of him that he's really pulled his finger out. He's been uploading to YouTube a lot as well, which I'm really, uh, really happy with as well. Great to see him doing that. Um, I also mentioned... I don't think I mentioned Dino, actually. I've been waking up in the mornings watching Dino quite a lot lately. And uh, again, really proud of his progress. He's been so consistent for years now. And he's killing it, killing the game. Um, he's like one of the most viewed RuneScape streamers, actually, in terms of hours watched every month. So props to him. Um, I guess all the, all the guys at Jagex. Uh, I mentioned Ben and Ben earlier, but all the J-Mods for everything they do. Like, extremely grateful. And happy that, you know, we still get to play this game and hopefully for, for many years to come. So, yeah, really grateful for them. And I guess in terms of a player that I want to shout out, my friend Blade Hobbit recently got his Metamorphic Dust at 1200 KC. So, yeah, shout out to him. Congratulations. He's a Iron Man Zerker and he's been grinding hard mode top for months. Um, so, yeah, congrats on, on finally getting it done, mate. Hell yeah. Okay. Um, that was three, right? I just... Cut yeah, just about. Yeah, just about. All right, great. Uh, Ian, I seriously have had a pleasure uh, talking, chatting today. It's it, it always flies by. I always ask my guests, to those listening, I ask my guests, you know, like, uh, what's the kind of time range you guys would like to go for? And there's always some sort of time. But every single time, it's like, that went a lot faster than I was anticipating. So, uh, But I enjoyed it nonetheless. Guys, there will be Pure Spam's links down in the description. Be sure to follow him. There will be a Twitch link, Twitter link, YouTube. Is there anything else, Ian, you'd like down there? Um, yeah, plug your your stuff as well. Go make sure you check out Seda on Twitter and uh, follow him. Make sure you watch his streams as well. I know you stream a, a crazy amount recently. And uh, thank you for putting these podcasts out. I haven't watched all of them, I'll be honest, but... Most oh, I don't expect anyone to have watched most, all of most, Yeah, most evenings before I go to bed, I do put some on sometimes and uh, and listen as I'm as I'm drifting off. And I really enjoyed the the recent ones you did, especially with Adam. Obviously, I'm sure everyone's like to check that one out. But um, yeah, thank you for everything you do for the community as well. And uh, yeah, thank you for having me. I've had an absolute pleasure. It's been a lot of fun. So yeah, much love. Much love, dude. All right, uh, guys. Next week we are having Hootie Tootie on the cast. I also will mention if you guys would like to support the Sebe cast, there's a Patreon link down in the description. And for $2 a month, you can support it, get your name on the title screen and all that. But other than that, that's it for me. So thank you guys very much for listening. And we'll catch you in the next one. Peace. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.